What is up? Welcome into the man room. I am your host, Marcus Bridges, and I am just stoked to be hanging out in the man room drinking with you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can hear us on Anchor, Stitcher. We're on YouTube, Facebook, everywhere at The Man Room Podcast. I even got a goddamn TikTok. No, I haven't made videos yet, but I'll get to it. Give me a second. I'm older than you are. www.themanroompodcast.com is the website. You can go there. Um, in the last couple episodes, I have graciously asked you to donate to that website. And then within the last couple days, I've realized that uh, there's no donating going on because I haven't set up my wallet yet. So be patient. I will get this shit figured out as uh, jumped into this pool with, with shoes on. I, I have a little bit of experience talking into a microphone. I have zero experience producing and, and uh, selling a podcast, but I'm getting there. I'm on every place that you can find me. So go find me there. Uh, Joining me in the man room tonight, I'm so excited about this. A colleague of mine, he is a writer, he is a musician, he is a former broadcaster, he is a producer, and the list absolutely goes on. So I'm just going to turn it over to him. Thank you so much for joining me in the man room tonight, my good friend Carl Sundberg. What's up, dude? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got, okay. Yeah, that's what I needed. I I thought you were going to just bring me in with that. I was going to. I I was like, I felt like I was on like, you know, Leno or something. I was like, oh shit, that's a pro. That's a pro start, man. I got to live up to something. I haven't been behind a mic in a while. (laughs) Well, glad to have you. Thanks for bringing me in. Dude, no problem. Uh, No problem. Um, I'm so happy to have you here. You and I spent a lot of time on the mic talking to one another. um, And uh, it's just always nice to have somebody that I can just be comfortable with. And I don't, it's like I was telling you uh, right before we came on the show, we were having a conversation. I didn't really prep it all for this aside from buying beer and weed. So um, I'm really yes. excited to know where this is going because uh, full disclosure, it's 730 on a Friday night and uh, I'm on playing at shit to do tomorrow. I know that you're a Monday through Friday guy, so this could get exciting. Yeah, this is this is it for me, man. I've been thinking about this all, all week because uh, we were supposed to do this last week, but your mic blew up. And I don't, <laughs> it, apparently it's still lost in the country thanks to Sweetwater, I guess. Dude, and what you know, fuck? I, I, I've had really, Get really it together, Sweetwater. Had really good luck with them, but I don't know why my mic needed to moonlight in Maryland after it got shipped from Indiana and then make a stop in nice. every bad state on the way back across the country. I mean, we hit Nebraska, we hit Utah. And then we ended up in North Powder, Oregon, which is the last time it checked in. And the only time I've been in North Powder, I saw a lot of tweakers. And so I hope that it didn't fall off the truck, quote unquote, because it was an expensive mic. And personally, I don't like the sound of this one very much. So, Well, you sound okay. And, uh, okay, that that's the key. Got... <laughs> and by okay, I mean incredible. You sound amazing. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> No, that microphone went on a, a worse tour than like you know a presidential campaign. That sounded horrible. Like <laughs> yeah. all those cities and states, like nobody wants to go to there. It's terrible. You, you didn't get to go to the good city in any of those states either. Fort Wayne, Indiana. No. It wasn't. I mean, look, I you might get shot if you go to Baltimore, but Baltimore's got to be the, the city in Maryland, right? Then it right. went to that's U- the fun city, Utica, Connecticut. 
which I only knew that there was a Utica, New York, and then some bunk-ass town in Illinois. It's like, if you're not going to Chicago, don't take me to Illinois. And you didn't even go to Provo in Utah, which is where Gary Gilmore was from, and they wrote, you know, Bob Dylan, Gary Gilmore's eyes, and they executed that poor bastard. It... <laughs> You don't even go to the. You're not even hit the highlights, so don't you, talk you have to me. Just an amazing like list of bizarre stories that go <laughs> along with the map right there. That was amazing. Like that's a gift. Like <sighs> man. Well, can you tell I'm a little bit fucking fired up about it? It's like I've been thinking about it for a week now, and every well, time yeah, I pull up I mean, the FedEx we, tracking, look, we live we live in a two day delivery life now. Like right. everything is two days. Like we and that that's the only good thing that's happened in the last year from COVID is that like now we we don't have to go shopping. We just like flip our phone for three seconds and be like, I want that. And you hit your screen and you know, maybe it's two times on the screen. And then two days later it's there Yeah, at your door and you can see it on your map and like, you know exactly where it's at and you can, you know, so when it's not that, like I have this Super Bowl uh, hoodie because we're not doing video, so nobody can see this, but you can see it because you you know it's my Tampa Bay Bucks, right? They won the Super Bowl this year, which was insane. We could talk about that if you want to, but I bought this hoodie, and this came like a week, less than a week later, and it's got my name on it and shit and number. It's totally customized. I was like, whoa! This was the first thing that came. The other shit, the basic shit that's coming from like a boat in China, probably is the hat and the fucking shirt and the you know the non-custom the stuff. You know, the base, the coffee mug, the basic shit that they should have five thousand of them ready to go right away. Like took eight years to get to my house. It's insane. So. Yeah, when something doesn't come in two days, it's unbelievable now in yeah, 2021. It, it really is, and it, it makes me a little bit butthurt, and I'm willing to accept the fact that I'm conditioned, and uh, I, I've obviously fallen into this trap of, you guys did it so good for so long, but dude, yeah. I ordered a drum set from this guy, and I really, I have a bad time here. I don't want to badmouth Sweetwater. I think you should go there to get music equipment. Sweetwater is insane. Dude. I mean, like, dude, the best customer service really, look, the shipping is not totally. their fault, but you get a, who else do you buy something from and you get a call and an email from a dude that calls you by your first name and thanks you for your purchase, and then they send you a little package of candy inside with your order. Look, there's a reason that you want to go there, okay? This is <laughs> An anomaly. Don't forget the sticker. Yeah, the sticker. <laughs> this isn't a not my whole fridge is just covered in Sweetwater stickers right now. This is an anomaly. It shouldn't have happened. But they got me this this uh well, once again we're not on video, but I have an electronic drum set behind me. It's an eleven piece kit. They got that yeah. to me in four days. Right. And FedEx yeah, no, just normally sweet Sweetwater's insane. Like so and it's not them, it's the fucking mail. You know, yes. the mail sometimes screws up. And if it's the US <laughs> USPS, like we all know, like there's like four people still working there, so Dude. it takes a lot longer for things to get here. And it's like, I, look, I know that nothing is affecting me because my stuff all came from, like I said, Fort Wayne, fuck Indiana. Um, but the Suez Canal is blocked right now. Global trade is just at a standstill because there's a ship sitting sideways in a canal where 30% of global trade passes through every goddamn day. So, I mean, why not? What more 2021 thing could have happened than somebody's like, hold my beer, watch this, and blocks the Suez Canal? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into where we're supposed to get now, which I need a drink, and I'm, I've am i got one next to me, and I'm going to sip it. Um, you showed me on camera right before, and by the way, this is just testament to the fact that we need a video um, component to this podcast. We, we, we do, because I just have to stop you for a second. My fiance just brought this fucking into my room. Oh, Look my God. What is you that? This is? this is barbecue? Is Ribs? It's a three meat fucking barbecue platter, dude. Wow. 
Woo! Tonight's going to be live. <laughs> That's awesome. We just bought we three more hours out of Carl. I don't Carl. know, man. That might get my get my hands... Gr- well, I got the wet naps. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry to interrupt that. No, you're good, you're man. You're on the podcast now, Kia. Oh, Say hi to the, the whole crowd here. It's, Me and yeah. Marcus are talking to like all the throbbits and shit. This is, this is the Man Room Say podcast, hi, Kia. Kia. Get in here. <laughs> all right, get out of here. It's my, <laughs> it's my show now. Your lovely okay. fiance. When's the wedding? Uh, it's in September now. In we've, September? We've changed it three times yeah. since uh, the original uh, date that it was supposed to be. Dude, my, my shit clipped over on my side. Sorry about that. I blew up your mic uh, processing on that last clip. I can see it on the wave file, too. Oh, my bad. No, it's uh, fine. I mean, it was fine over here. Don't worry about that shit. We got we got other stuff to talk about. So your yes. little setup right now is akin to... Um, I. So you have... You showed me, like, a hotel... Uh, ice bucket, like a like a nice sterling silver hotel ice bucket. You've got a nice yeah, rocks glass there that looks like it might be crystal. Well, and check it out. It I tried to pay tribute to your uh, logo. To the logo. It looks like the glass and the logo. That's awesome, right? Yeah, that's Isn't fucking that awesome. Like when I saw that logo, I was like, I just got cl- glasses like that for Christmas. <laughs> so uh, it was meant to be that I was supposed to be on this podcast. Yeah, because I had was. to show you that. That's awesome, dude. And you are filling it with what tonight? <laughs> Uh, I have my very favorite whiskey, um, Jefferson's, and I'll fucking plug this shit. Hey, Jefferson's Whiskey, if you ever want an uh, endorser or an influencer, I got like four, 500 followers on social media, and I'll <laughs> tell them all about your shit. Uh, Jefferson's Whiskey, uh, very small batch, blend of straight bourbon whiskeys. It's my favorite, and the first time I had it was in Washington, D.C. with uh, Lars Larson at the... Uh, Lobby uh, hotel that the, the, the lobbying came from, basically. So okay. we can tell that story later, but for sure, and we'll get into that's that. what we're drinking. That's tonight. awesome, dude, and I've I loved it. So this is the second week in a row that somebody's brought a really nice whiskey on the podcast. Um, as you may know, I had Seth Milstein on uh, last week, and Seth had some really nice whiskey. And it's funny because I set him up. I knew he was bringing whiskey, but when somebody comes up and actually is physically in the man room, I'm kind of always trying to make sure that they have like. I don't want to call it a lavish experience because I'm not I'm not throwing down a ton of money, but I'm trying to make it so that they have like a fun experience that they feel comfortable and that they want to come back. And so I knew Seth was bringing his whiskey, so I <laughs> I did totally a broke ass version of what you have, which is the nice sterling silver ice bucket and crystal glass. I got a couple of uh, hydro flasks that I had and filled them with ice and water yeah. so that they, Seth had that, and I was like. There's just so you like walk up and there's just two generic hydroflasks sitting there and I'm like that one's ice that one's water enjoy your whiskey you know so yeah he was he was <laughs> but the whiskey but that's was, the way you do it though like when you're camping especially exactly and the whiskey yeah. he brought was primo too it was a 13 year aged and then finished in pinot barrels oh, oh it was damn. it was the bomb what was dude. it uh bull run Ooh, yeah bull I've run 13 that. year uh shared shared a glass with me it was so good and um i you know i love whiskey but i have a i have a serious weakness for beer and uh mostly ipas and my blood pressure would tell you that the last 10 years um would probably contend and say hey why don't you kick back a white claw or just go on a jog um but i'm i'm drinking another just heavy ipa tonight um, I am drinking the Sticky Hands by Block 15 up in Corvallis, nice. and I love Sticky Ooh. Hands because they, they say Sticky Hands because when you feel in those hops, you get Sticky Hands. I nice. always thought that the reference might have been to another green plant that I love to put my hands in and get them all sticky too. Um, yes. Whether or not that's the case, I don't know. But Block 15, if you haven't been there, it's not the first time I've talked about them on this podcast. Go to Corvallis. 
Find Block 15 downtown, have lunch, have a couple of beers. You will absolutely not be disappointed. A good buddy of mine is a director of production over there, and uh, hopefully sometime in the future, if he's willing to do it, we can get him on the podcast and talk a little bit about Block 15 because um, it's one of those breweries in Oregon right now that it's like you can go do a flight at a tap room and if you've got a block 15 beer in your flight, it's always going to win. And if there's more mm-hmm. than one of them, well, you've got a real tough fucking decision on your hands because everybody's expecting you to rank those beers, and you can't put them one A, B, and C. You've got to pick. It's They're all different. Exactly. So uh, block 15 <clears throat> in Corvallis, check them out. The Sticky Hands is what I'm drinking tonight. Um, that one, sounds delicious. Oh, it's so good, dude. It is super resinous, but it's also like 8.1%, so... Oh, so it's gonna bust your ass. Yeah, in dude. Half four pack of pounders and woo. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I that's happened to me as I age, right? So I'm 43 now, right? And I don't give a shit if you, you know, oh, he's old or oh, you stupid young kid, whatever. That's how old I am. Uh, I'm be 44 later this year. I'm getting the gray whispers in the sides, you know, and it's coming into the beard and all that. Uh, but what's happened to me as I get older is my body just rejects shit. And one of the things that it rejects apparently is is yeast. Oh. I can't eat yeast. So, and I figured this out in in an unbelievably painful way. Like I've just had weird rashes all the time, like in random places all over my body. I got dermatologists, doctors. They're like, oh, it's this, it's that, it's that. None of it's correct. It they treat it, doesn't do anything, does nothing. The medicines they give me, blah blah blah. I finally figure out I'm like allergic to yeast. So, and I figured it out by stop, by stop, you know, uh, taking out everything that had yeast in my diet, which includes beer, unfortunately. Yep. And that murders me because I love beer. I, it's my favorite thing to drink. I love whiskey too, but I only drink whiskey because I have to, because my body rejects beer so badly that if I do drink beer, I'm going to suffer the penalties. And I do, I still drink <laughs> beer. I don't stop. I, there's, there's too many nights where I'm like, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, Jesus Christ, an IPA is all I would need right now to be, be completely fulfilled. And then I would just go to the store and get that and drink the shit out of it. Uh, and, and I'd suffer the consequences afterwards with whatever rash happened or whatever fucked up thing happened to my stomach, which is the other problem that I get. Like I have crazy stomach problems now. And, you know, so all these old man fucking things that like old men used to warn me about when I was a kid. I'm like, ah, shut up, you old fuck. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't need to worry about eating pizza. Yeah, I I can't eat pizza. You know, oh I can't God, eat all, any dude. bread, sandwiches, any of that shit. Anything with yeast in it has fucking ruined me. So I've taken it all out, and all of a sudden I feel great, and it's amazing, and it's taught me a valuable lesson that diet is everything. And you know, and when it comes to like losing weight, when it comes to like being healthy, when it comes to all this, people run their ass off all over their neighborhoods for fucking twenty fucking years and see nothing from it because they're eating shit in their house. So what I've learned is like, just stop eating shit. Figure out what works for your body. Eat that. Stick to it. You'll be fine. You'll go off course. You'll feel it. You'll recognize it. Be aware, and then fix it later so you don't feel shitty the next day or whatever. And it's a it's it's so much easier to live your life knowing like you're not fucking poisoning yourself with garbage food. So when you have an IPA, does your stomach do something like this? And in case your ears are fucked, get the fuck out! Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It just starts... Yeah. 
<laughs> does that gurgling? <laughs> oh God! What oh, the? God. F- like there's an octopus in your body or something? Like oh, what's man. going on in there? I know, I know the feeling. I, you know, and I haven't done the elimination diet. I know that that's smart. I hear a lot of people, um, you know, change their life around by just figuring out the one thing because that's that's normally what it is. It's like it's it's not the amalgam of things. It's like there's one thing in there that you really enjoy up. that's fucking you up. Yeah. So totally. Um, I'll get around to that. Here, here's the deal, people. If you want, <laughs> if you want me to get around to trying the elimination diet, make this podcast successful so I can shop at fucking Whole Foods, all right? Because that's where all the good stuff is. I'm not trying to go to Kmart and buy my groceries. Uh, I, I mean, to- we go to Trader Joe's. Like Trader Joe's, people like it's not that it's not expensive. Like yeah. it's the same price as all the other shit that's out there. TJ's Only it's is like cool. from Monrovia. Yeah, California. yeah, right. TJ's <laughs> is cool, but sometimes I get sick of the way people look at me in there. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's an irritation station, dude. Everybody that's there, from the customers to the people that work there. Look, I get the that they're trying to be friendly at Trader Joe's, but Jesus Christ, I just wanted to buy my rice. Stop <laughs> asking me about my day. What do you? Th- it's Sunday. What did you do today? I know you worked here all day. I went nowhere. I came here to get rice and whatever the fuck I'm eating tonight because I'm lazy and stupid and didn't do my grocery list. So just stop asking me all the questions. Uh, Andre, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need all of the detail. Do you, do you even care? You don't even care. You're asking me questions about a per. You'll never see me again, except next week when I come back and get rice again. See, and I, I had to stop going because it's the opposite for me. They don't like me in there because I didn't drive an outback in. I drive a truck in and they look at me like I'm actively killing the planet. How do you even fit in the parking lot I don't. in the truck? I don't. Those I spaces par- I are like for shopping it. carts. Dude, I park at Bed Bath & Beyond and I walk my happy ass over there and nine <laughs> times out of ten it's fucking raining so that's why I don't go. But once again, make the podcast successful and I'll shop wherever <laughs> you want. I'll go to the fucking farmer's market. And that's not a I place you're going to find me. We should do a contest that if if Marcus gets a certain threshold of listeners this week from from just this podcast alone, then he has to go to Trader Joe's and buy a gr- his groceries that week. Okay. I think that's that's a great like what 10 people if 10 people listen or what's is that too easy? <laughs> no, like, I, we would you tell we would me what pass. the number is. <laughs> I'm, and, if and, I dude, if I go ten people, and I'm not trying to brag because I know that sounds like a very low number, but if I go ten people, I'm shopping at Whole Foods on nine a.m. Monday morning, okay? And that's the podcast release at eight. So let's say, all right, let's ten thousand. No, let's, let's put make it, it at a mark where that's we haven't hit. Happen, let's put it at a mark where we haven't hit. I'll say if five hundred people listen to this in the first two weeks that it's out. Then I will go and shop at yeah. fucking stupid. Where is it? Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Trader Trader Jose. All right, TJ's. I can do I can do TJ's instead of Whole Foods because yeah, Whole Foods got the small parking lot too. Anyway, the thing I don't the, the thing I hate about Trader Joe's, by the way, is that it's a real it's really a lie. It's not you're not trading anything. I can't bring in a bicycle and get food. Like you have to fucking give them money. That's selling things. That's not trading. Bartering is fun too. If you've never bartered with somebody, yeah. um, I was at a Blink One Eighty Two concert and my buddy got his shoe signed and also his shirt. And then later we wanted a piece of gum, and I looked at my buddy and I was like, "Those chicks down there have gum, and I bet you they'll give us that if we give them your Mark Hoppus autographed shoe." <laughs> and he's like, "I don't want to give up my shoe." And I was like, "Dude, you still have the autograph on your shirt. Would you rather be shirtless at this show or have one shoe?" And we tried, and they didn't buy it. But the point was, it was fun to try to barter with people. Like, what do you have that, that is of value to me? Well, you're at a Blink-182 concert. How about a Mark Hoppus shoe? You know, I mean, it made sense. It's true. I mean, <laughs> how do you pass that up? I don't know. And why do you it. remember that story, furthermore? but uh, that's a, How do you not remember the story? It's fantastic. What are you talking about? 
So, uh, and we have a lot of those. And that's one of the reasons, too, as we talked about at the beginning. And, and by the way, I'm glad you brought in the nice whiskey. I'm going to enjoy the beer just to wrap that whole thing up. Um, and this podcast could go off the rails very easily. And I'm super excited about it because I'm comfortable with you on the mic because we worked very uh, closely together for, I mean, I was, I think, there for eight years. You had been there for years before I got there. At, uh, you did a cool decade. What a one five K fly, Oregon's real K-fly. rock. Yeah, and everybody yeah, remembers dude. it. Of course, Carl, you were a uh, part of the of the powerhouse that was K fly for a long time in uh, in the city that this show is being broadcast out of Eugene, Oregon. Um, you know, I still get people asking me about what happened. I mean, it's it's something that happens all the time, and it's one of the reasons I've been excited to do this podcast. Because I knew that in talking to you and Tanner and Drew that we would get a little bit more of the story out there than anybody really knew. Um, you and Drew and I were all kind of unceremoniously fired on on a very bad day. Um, it was it was Amy's uh, Drew's wife Amy's birthday. She was nine months pregnant. Ashley and I were accepting the keys to the first house we'd bought. I know you had some shit going on too, and yeah. you know I, I wanted to get to that because it it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside that when you listened to Tanner and Drew's podcast here on the Man Room, you texted me and were like, "Dude, I have so much to say. Like I'm just sitting here listening to it, and I just want to be a part of the conversation, which is exactly what I want out of this." And I want to I want to know what you have to say. I mean, obviously we can you know we can talk about things. I had to beep a couple of names out in Tanner's podcast because I got a little bit <laughs> yeah. fired up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to go out and say it right now. I mean, look, if you get fired, either one of us get fired up, that might happen in this. We might have to take some names out and stuff like that just to make sure that nobody gets their panties in a bunch. Um, and that panties are in a bunch. Yeah, man. about a very significant or a very specific person, but I can't say his name because it caused me a beep last time. So all I'm saying. I, if we have to edit some of this out because we get a little bit too too uh, over the line, we can do that because I want you to be wide open about it and I want you to really share your feelings because there were some feelings when you were listening to those podcasts, right? Oh man, absolutely. And and first of all, I, I I'm a public speaker. I kind of know how to do this, so I, I I can I can destroy these people without ever saying any of their names uh, because they deserve to be destroyed because that that's what they did to us. Ultimately, and I, and I'll just be honest about it. I I've carried a grudge about it. In fact, that's why I went to Portland to do what I did, which is uh, work for one of the biggest nationally syndicated radio shows in the motherfucking country. Son, I don't give a shit if you hate his show. I was his executive producer, and I fucking killed it. I took the motherfucker to the White House after the fucking clowns that let us go let us go and we're talking about lars larson just to i know you already mentioned his name but just to make sure everybody's on on board here carl was the executive producer for the lars larson show for how long uh about three just under three years three years so yeah i mean i mean the beginning i was associate and i wrote the show but that the whole goal was to be make me a ep because i didn't take the job to be ap i was like no i'm i got a business i'm good so they pulled me out of my business to take me to Portland. I was like, I was in the middle of, well, okay. So let me, let me back up. Yep. Cause I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So back to the time when we got let go. Uh, Cause again, like I said, I, I, I was pissed about what they did to us because um, I was the program director at the time. Right. So like I was in charge of all the shit and I made it happen. I, you know, I was behind the scenes and on the air cause I had the midday show cause I was holding down fort in the middle of the day, which is a crucial, you know, shift because what you're doing is <laughs> you're fluffing between the morning guys and the afternoon guys. Right. So, you know, you gotta be good between the Bob and Tom crew 
fan base and the Donkey Show fan base. So you can't be shitty in that day part or your whole radio station collapses in on itself. So you got to hold up the fort a little bit and keep people interested until the good shit comes on. You know, like my job wasn't to be like prime time fucking, you know, that's not that shift, right? That's not the the shift is like dudes that fucking work going to lunch, you know, like that's you, you know? And so I turned it into that. Right. And so I knew the role and you, you just play the part. Right. But behind the scenes, I was, I, I had, t- I, I had taken a station that was phenomenally successful. And, uh, despite all of the fucking things they threw at us, including destroying your show and, and turning it into a, 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 a fiasco of epic proportions on the back end and the front end to make us jump through hoops that were unnecessary every single day of our lives for months, uh, I was trying to keep the composure uh, to to be the middleman between all the players and make sure everybody was happy and, and we were doing the right thing, but also knowing what I need we, what we needed to do and coaching you guys on doing that and telling these guys, look, shut the fuck up and let me handle this. We we can we can rock this shit if you give me a second. Like yeah, trust us a little things. bit. Trust us. We've like, been doing it for longer than they gave us credit for in those last couple of years. I totally, felt like, you know, totally. And I've been in radio for twenty years, right, man? I like I not at the time. It was like you know, ten years by the time I got to K Fly. So it's not like I didn't know what I was doing. I was a director position in multiple stations, and I did some real shit. You know, I worked during nine eleven on a fucking news station. I you know I. I'm not a, you know, idiot, you know, I know what I'm doing and I knew how to program a radio station because I learned from the best. Like the guy that ran K-Fly Sarge, dude's genius, man. And and I learned everything from him and I just kept his fucking, you know, basically the arc of what he created. I tried to keep that alive and take it to the next level at the same time. And you guys were doing a ph- phenomenal job. We were losing on the mornings. It was one of the problems that they, the the brass was having. So I had a whole plan to bring in a local guy and say, "Fuck the syndicated shit. Nobody wants to listen to that. They're in whatever Columbus, Ohio. Like we need a guy in Eugene, a team. We need another donkey show in the fucking morning, or you guys are gonna fail every every book." And 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 that was the trend for a long time. It wasn't just like in all of a sudden. So what I was trying to do was create a radio station that had all local talent because that's what wins in radio is local fucking talent and good fucking music that people like to hear. That's all there is to it. And keeping it at least fresh. We rotated the music library. I I rotated every three months, every season, like summer had a different vibe than winter, man. And it was just intentional. Like it was subtle, but it was intentional. A lot of black Sabbath in the winter. Like you get those, yeah, you get dude. those dark, those dark five p.m. days, and you get a little bit of Black Sabbath in there. You feel like it belongs, you know. Totally right. That's what I'm saying. Like, so it was all in. It was it, like I love that shit. That's the wizard shit, you know. You're 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 kind of controlling that fucking whole thing and the imaging and all of those things. You're making sure that it works right. You're building clocks and all that stuff. I love that shit. I'm a nerd when it comes to systems. So I was doing all that stuff and being on the air. You guys were fucking getting harassed and and because. Once they let Tanner go, it was like they just didn't have any confidence in whatever the fuck we were doing. It was just like, oh, once that's over, it's all over. But at the same time, we still were fucking killing it, and we kept killing it. And I had brought in, when they let me go, dude, I had a fucking pull drawer on the side of my desk fucking filled to the top with concert tickets for the summer. That was part of what they, I, I, when I was leaving, I opened that drawer, I'm like, 
What happens to these? You guys are shutting this shit down. What about all these tickets I got you? I'm taking some, motherfucker. This is my fucking work, and no one's going to go to these shows. So I'm going to go to these shows, and I'm going to throw these tickets at everybody I know. And I was handing them out like water, you know, because I, I was like, no, this deserves to get, you know, put out there. But the day that it happened, first of all, I knew. I knew it was coming. Uh, I'd been warned by people. You know, I had had an inside fucking insider telling me like, hey, you guys got to be careful. Uh, things are coming, I think. And I don't know who's going to survive. And I'm like, great. That's awesome. And I, and I had that in my head for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden it happened. They had tried to lock me out of the website, which is hysterical. I'm the web director. Like I rent, I built that website. You, you like, can't lock me out. <laughs> Motherfucker, like I, I am my- admin. I'm admin. I changed the password again and I got back in there, closed down. I totally reset it on them. Like they were like, you know, you're dealing with, you're, you're, come on, who do you think I am? So I, uh, uh, and then I saw the bosses go into their office together, which they never do in the morning. I'm like, uh oh, it's, it's, is it today? Something's is going this on. Happening? Is this fucking happening? And, you know, like, I won't even get into my personal life here, but shit was fucked up in my life. Like I was taking care of some crazy shit in my family that I shouldn't have never had to take care of. And I'm in therapy now because of some of that shit, right? Like it was, it was a nightmare. And so like, I was trying to keep my life together while also keeping this station together and keeping this brand together. I had fucking three boxes of brand new t-shirts in my office when I walked out that I had got to give away they had never gotten t-shirts ever since i was there like i begged them i'm like please just get me some fucking t-shirts to give away and i'll sell some i'll make you some fucking money they wouldn't do it so i just went and did it i I went and figured out ways to get promotional fucking incentives to our radio station by by shifting our format from mainstream to active rock and this is way in the weeds for a lot of people, but there's different rock formats and the charts are based off of those formats and every station contributes to the whatever's on that chart. So if your station plays a song 50 fucking times a week, you push that song up the chart. And in certain formats, you had more power than others. We had crazy power on a mainstream chart because there was hardly any mainstream stations. But it basically was meaningless because no promo dollars were going into a mainstream format. They were all in active rock. If I was an active rock station, all of a sudden, I'd probably have $20,000 a month in promo dollars and promo coming to the station from the labels who wanted to fucking get their bands out there, right? Right. Because the active rock format is way more current shit. Mainstream is all Eric Clapton and fucking Guns and roses those bands are over they're d- done toast no there's no promo coming from those bands they're all coming from fucking uh of mice and men and fucking atreyu and like the bands that are signed to current labels and they're touring the country slipknot etc cetera, etc cetera. right so i was moving us to active rock and all these labels started dumping fucking promo shit on us like right before they like some of these tickets all of this shit was coming into the station i'm like dude i'm getting giveaways for fucking flyaways in different parts of the country i was going to rock on the range i was going to bring people like 10 people to rock on on the range the next year all of these fucking things were lined up i had fly, i had like 20 flyaways lined up for the next year in a year we were going to give away fucking we had up to 20 flyaways i could just fucking 20 people listening to the fucking station would go to wherever the fuck we we're flying them away to. And we didn't pay a dollar for it. It was all the record label money, you mm-hmm. know? So, and we were bringing in bands coming into Eugene, like never before, like shaman's harvest was a band. Like they're not the hugest band, but dude, I set up a free show 
at a venue in Eugene with that band and they still held the fucking show because they were now they're routed. You know, the band can't just cancel because the radio station, you know, was gone. Right. Got but chopped. that was another thing that went to shit. There was all this stuff that was in the works and built out. It was like, how do you how do you destroy that? How do you fucking get rid of that? Because of, of the, and, and everyone I've ever talked to that knows anything about this business, they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And here's the thing I just realized by watching, I've, I've been watching this uh, show on fucking, what the fuck was I watching? I was watching something on Netflix or something. And uh, it was about Q, right? And they were talking about, um, you know, uh, one of the 8chan. 8chan doesn't make any money, for example. Why doesn't it make any money? Because it's too vulgar and too crazy. Nobody wants to advertise on it. But the whole point, well, how do you run it? Well, you have a rich guy run it because he doesn't care about making money. It's a boat to him. So radio stations, I think, and this is just my own personal, uh, that I just, it just hit me just yesterday that radio stations might just be boats to some people and we don't fucking matter to them. So they could flip us 30 times and it doesn't matter. It's just a boat. It's a paint job for them. You know, they don't, they don't fucking give two shits about whether it's making any money. It's not to them. They think of it like a write-off. Right. And. And I think that there's plenty of radio station groups that might think that way about their stations. I don't know. I, I it's, which it's, maybe it's crazy, dude. It's really unfortunate if it's the case. And and, and there's there's plenty of uh, proof to go and back that mindset up that that is exactly how they feel. And um, Tanner and I talked about it a little bit when he was on uh, in the man room here with me, and and we talked about the fact that you know. Radio stations, as much as they want you to believe, and and when I say radio stations, I don't necessarily mean the people that work there, the people that are in the weeds that go in with the station shirt and sit behind the mic and talk to you every day in your local market. Those people aren't who I'm talking about. The people that see them maybe once a month. Maybe once a month. It's the maybe people that, once, maybe that once run a, that shit. Yeah, maybe once a never financial quarter. Foot behind a, a microphone. Right, and, and, and they might not run it even from the same building, which is a big point because... Look, if you have any shred of humanity in you whatsoever, you see somebody every day of your life, eventually you're going to find some common ground with that person and stand on it, and then maybe it'll make it bearable for you to work with. If you don't ever see that person, but for once every three months, and all you do is get to say hi in the hallway, and I'm expected to call you by Mr. and your last name, rather than your first name, like you're some kind of fucking teacher in a high school, um, I don't respect you, and I know for goddamn sure that you don't respect me, but the problem is, is that translates to the fact that those people in those suits don't have any respect for the listeners, the people that put money in the pockets, the people that show up in the books, the people that are that go to the promos, the throbbits that came to every throbbit party that packed out the clubs in Medford every time we were there, the ones that came to every comedy show that we did, they, they came to your band shows like fucking crazy. Those people are the ones that get forgotten about. And the one of the reasons that... I was excited to do this podcast in the first place is because I know there's still an entire group of people that for 10 plus years listened to something that we used to do that have nothing of the sort to listen to anymore. And I know that, yeah. look, this isn't. I don't have a stunt guy in the man room, all right? Look, if, if somebody wants to make a rush on the studio, I'll push you down the stairs on Mike, but I don't have, you know, access to a bunch of, uh, a bunch of fun shit. I got a Nerf gun up here that I shoot somebody with, but the point is we were making content that people enjoyed, and part of that has to do with our personality and the people that we are and the things that we say. 
And those, you people out there that might be listening right now, you throbits, as we used to call you, you K-Fly brethren, you people that came to every every show and, and you you hit the phone lines every time we called for a call, you filled out Carl's request lines, like you you did all that shit, you got fucked just as hard as we did. It might not feel the same because you didn't lose income over it, and that's obviously the almighty dollar rules all, but it hurt just as bad knowing what you and I and Drew and Kirk all had to face financially after that whole thing as it did knowing that we were just letting uh, a a giant... I mean, dude, the Facebook page was up to, I believe, between twenty and 25,000 likes and follows at that point in time. For For a local show? It's crazy. I mean, we had 180,000 people in this city. I mean, or or something like that. I don't even remember how much. But the the point is... We we all sat down at Drew's house after they after they gave us the uh, the the big speech. They made us all sign an agreement that said we wouldn't go to the press. Which back then I thought, why the fuck would we go to the press? And now I look back at it and been like, I should have fucking taken that seven hundred dollar check because that was what they did. They said, <laughs> here's a severance. It's equal to two weeks pay or a week's pay or something like that. And it was like seven hundred bucks for me. And it literally. They were like, you have to sign this piece of paper. And they the, the sickening thing about it is is the way they laid it out. Each one of us were sitting in front of the, the fucking general manager's big wooden desk with this stupid wooden duck on it. And yeah. there was, from right to left, there was three contracts laid out. And then from right to left, above those contracts were our checks sitting there. And it was like that, that fucking contract stood between me and and my first mortgage payment. And I'm sitting there looking at it like you you might not know this, but you have to know part of it because I've been running around this office asking HR for fucking paperwork and doing crazy shit for the last three months. I mean, buying a house is no no easy process and you need a lot of information, proof of income and all that. And you know, obviously Drew's wife was pregnant. There was no question about that. We talked about it on the right. air almost every single goddamn day. She was at every event. She was nine months pregnant. Your stuff, it, whether or not you want to get into it, they knew about it. Somebody knew yeah. about it. Somebody cared enough about you to give you a little bit of inside information, which means that somebody close enough to the top knew what you were going through. And totally. nobody gave a hot fuck about it. And, you know, I don't have a problem holding a grudge. I turned down a job. They offered me Chino, who I love. I fucking love Chino. He's on 104.7 K-Duck. Listen to him in the morning. Every morning, 104.7 K-Duck, 6, I think, to 10 a.m., um, the morning house party. He offered me the co-host gig. And I told him, dude, as long as the guy that's still the general manager is the general manager there, I could not wake up every morning and look myself in the mirror and come and do that yeah. job. And you have no idea how much I want to come be on the radio with you right now. I also right. told him that I don't think the demographic fits me. I don't listen to the music. I don't think girls 13 to 18 are my my wheelhouse. <laughs> in fact, I have a little bit of proof of that now that I've seen some analytics with the podcast. Ladies, feel free to listen. It might be called The Man Room. Everybody's welcome. We're skewing 91% male at this point. So, you know, it's feel free. Happen, <laughs> it's never going to happen. It's like my right. wife and two other women right now. <laughs> that's like, that's like. Why don't more girls like Slayer? I, I just don't understand it. Like, what wh- what is it about Slayer that girls just don't like? It takes and the a ones special that type. Do are like, whoa, like, oh my god, like, holy shit, that chick is crazy. Yeah, it takes a it's special the same type. Thing. Like that's 
But, you know. You're like the Slayer equivalent of a podcast. <laughs> I'm so much softer You're than Slayer. You're Slayer on the radio. I'm so much softer than Slayer. Let's make that clear right now. So I, I, I just have to, I just, I, I, you fired me up, and I, and I, and I feel like there's so much. Uh, but it, it, starts, it starts that day, though. Like that when they let us go and you're talking about that desk, right? With the fucking contracts. It was like a firing squad. Like we were just, you're all gone. Yep. Like they just executed us. And like, no one gets fired that way. Like, and we weren't fired either. That's the, that's the, the real truth was that they basically just let us go. Like we were let go. We got unemployment. They, we didn't get bad reviews. We like, everybody said we did great jobs. Like I still used them on my resume and on my, you know, as, as recommendations, people that I work with there still, I still use them. Like, yeah. It's certain like, people, but I'd never put a few names people, on that. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you, you won't catch some people dead on my fucking resume. If I'm oh, telling totally. you that I killed them, there's, there's 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 at least four people that I will never look at in their eyes again, and if I do, I'll hit them. Like yeah. I'll just fucking punch them in the mouth. Pretty I'm sure we'll almost none of them work there anymore either. So good. Riddance. Yeah, that's the best part. Is like the all the people that destroyed us are gone. Like it's like it's it's kind it's of the, the best and the worst. Again. It's the best and the yeah. worst part because you wonder what would the people that are there now, what kind of decisions would they make? But I mean, there's a country well, station. I don't the, think you the, can ever quantify it. And and I'm not going to get into this obviously on the podcast, but you know what I'm talking about. But both those people uh, ended up in miserable situations. Oh, uh, really? I I wasn't aware life. of that. I like, so you're going to have to fill me in afterwards because I yeah have that'll to be know off that. the record. But let, let let me just say like I'm fine. I'm totally fine. They they like they suffered worse than I did. Like well, karma, bitch. Comes down to it. I, I hope that they're listening to this right now, and I hope you know that uh, the rest of the alcohol that I drink on this podcast tonight is going to be in preparation for Carl to tell me how bad you got fucked by the goalposts of life. I can't fucking wait to hear it because maybe it'll help me with my grudge a little bit. Because look. That was my first for it. Like, I, dude, I did the thing. I went to college. I did the whole thing that you were supposed to do. I spent way too long there. I spent way too much money. And the whole time, all I ever wanted to do was do radio. And that's I, I chased my dream as a young kid. I actually got there. And then it wasn't even like I didn't have the skill or the ability or the or the want or the passion or the drive. No, it was just a bunch of fucking cocks that made the decision that decided because one time we didn't respect them in the hall or because we wouldn't sign a write-up that we didn't agree with, they're looked at as some sort of disrespect or some sort of fucking failure, and it's not that. Like, I, I still think we didn't get paid because we were, or we didn't get uh, to, to continue working there because we were due bonuses. I know we were due bonuses that year. Yeah. I saw the fucking book. And, totally. you know, that's another thing. And so, I, I look... Yeah, I harbor some real ill will, and I didn't get near as fired up talking with Drew and Tanner because, you know, it's it's a lot like you. You know, you're successful now, too. You've got a good job. Like you just said, I'm fine, and I'm fine, too. I don't have a job, but I'm fine. Um, and, and, you <laughs> yeah, know. but you're killing it, though. You don't need a fucking job. This I'm, is your job. This is my you're job. I'm, I'm making it my job. I'm jealous of you, dude. I'm, <laughs> I got I to come up behind you and fucking take you out or something because this is unfair like you're living the dream and i'm fucking miserable because i have a regular job and i'm not doing a podcast i was i did a podcast for a second i launched that standard ass podcast and i i just took it down because i 
I like self-doubted myself. And I, I'll talk about this later if you want. But I just self-doubted talk myself about and it I pulled now. the whole fucking thing down. And I just and two, I didn't have the time. Like I ended up like getting jobs and like working too much. And like I told you earlier before we went on the air, I just you know, at the end of the day, I just fucking, I'm like, oh, I just want to go to sleep. And the dog, I got a dog and needs my fucking constant attention. The second I walk in the door all night, because he sleeps all day. He doesn't sh- do shit. He doesn't <laughs> understand where I went. He doesn't know I go to the mines and fucking pull gold out for him so he can eat fucking kangaroo food. Yeah, Marcus, he eats kangaroo food. The goddamn dog eats kangaroo food. It's not my dog. It's my girlfriend's fiance's dog. But he Thanks. eats kangaroo food because he's allergic to chickens. And you have to figure out whatever the fuck doesn't make him itch and give him rashes like I do. Like, he's like my, his own. He's your fucking, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. He's like my son, like the son of rash, you know, like his fucking dog. So talk to me a little bit about that because I know that you, and I'm uh, sorry, not your dog, but a podcast because you did launch the standard ass podcast and you and I have like, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it on air, but we've, we've tried to do this a couple of times. My mic shit the bed. We I rescheduled one night just because it wasn't feeling it. Um, and and you did have a podcast. You told me a lot about that podcast in those subsequent conversations. And I want to know, because I know that you are... You're, look, if, if I can do anything with this podcast, I hope that it inspires people to go out and do their own thing and, and do this like I'm doing it and say like, look, I know I'm, I've got a, a certain skill set. I feel like I'm pretty good at this. I know that I really enjoy it. So let's fucking do it and see if we can make it work. It's, you know, it's pretty easy. You don't have to have a ton of, of pre-existing knowledge. It will help if you know some things about recording audio and you know some things about good microphones and blah, blah, blah. But let's face it. You can take your fucking iPhone and you can talk into it and you can have a podcast. It's that simple. And Everyone I, has one now. I That's hope the problem. It, it is a problem, but it's also, I mean, it's the largest growing audio medium. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like you'd be, you'd almost be dumb not to, to not to be on the wave at this point. And I know that it's you, just fun to do. I mean, so that's, much that's what I'm missing out on. Like it's, it's the same of being in a band, dude. Like, Doing anything creative, there's something about that that's different than working, if that makes sense, right? When you're playing in a band, you're not working. You're fucking rocking. When you're doing a radio show, you're not working. You're fucking partying. When when you're doing a podcast, you're not working. You're fucking getting into it, you know, like whatever it is. The creative arts are hard to make a living because people don't respect them because they can't do them usually. And, And it's a beautiful thing when you can. So when you're doing it, you're in the zone. You're totally locked out from the the regular world. You're not like filling out a goddamn database or trying to figure out why this code isn't working or why the fucking, how many emails am I going to get in this minute? Like, oh, six more. Great. Awesome. You're not thinking about any of that shit. You're just fucking doing your thing, whether it's, you know, music or painting or fucking any kind of art creative outlet, you know, like anything that you're expressing yourself or doing something with your life. It's totally different than working. Yeah, it's a and different so like, mouthfeel, as a celebrity chef would tell you. Right, right. Uh, I did want to say, though, when we, when we got let go, and I, I don't mean to keep coming back to this conversation. This is my last point on this. When we got let go, I didn't know. Well, I did know at the time, but I totally forgot it because I've basically blacked out most of my life from like that point in my life because it was just so fucked up, and I was just I, I was shell-shocked, if you will. I didn't remember that you had just gotten your house and I totally forgot that that Drew's wife was about to have a fucking kid again. And I had just moved into a new house and like things were about to go into a new direction for me and my lady was going into uh, grad school. Mm-hmm. Like, like income was about to go gone. It was only me that was going to make any money. 
And so all of a sudden I lose my job and I'm sitting in this house that we just moved into on the same street that I ended up. It's just so fucking crazy how my life went full circle in Eugene. I, I lived on the same street of the house that I lived in when I left my parents' house. So when I moved out of my parents' house, you know, end up in this car, crazy college party house, all these musicians and DJs. And like, we lived like maniacs, you know, uh, I lived on the same street as that house on the last street I lived in, in Eugene. So the first and last, I went full circle, full moved circle. In, you know, all the way, but I was sitting there realizing, um, all three of us were fucked. We're totally fucked at the worst possible time that you could fucking destroy somebody at the worst possible time that you could kick somebody square in the nuts while you're looking at them. And then you hit him in the face after that. That's what happened to all three of us. And what's crazy is all three of us rebounded from that and, and built something bigger than what we were doing before. I mean, Drew and Tanner ended up in Portland and they're killing on the, on the, on the radio. They are. You've been on the show. I've been on the show. It's, it's the number one fucking morning show in the goddamn city, which dude, Portland is a big city. It's number 14 or something in the market. Like and they're in the top 20. It's one of the big 20 biggest cities in the fucking country. It's a big fucking deal. And they're killing it here. And I went up here and did the same thing for a bigger show that was killing it in the mornings and the, or the afternoons with Lars, like we just, like they had number one over there and I had number one over here and we were fucking killing it. Uh, and I, and we, we all did that. And then you were killing it down here with what you were doing. So like, it was so fucking like, like for me, it was like this full circle feeling of like, uh, the, 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 the Phoenix rising from the ashes for all of us. We like, it was like, you couldn't fucking touch us motherfuckers. We were gold back then we're gold now. You can't fuck with that. You can't fuck with gold. I wear it because you can't fuck with it. Suck it, motherfucker. That's the way I felt, right? Like the whole time I was just like like fist pumping and and let's let's be honest, I didn't have the best of times when I moved to Portland. It was pretty difficult and uh, we can get to that at some point maybe. I'll 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 be cautious what I say. But ultimately we were killing it. And the fucking people that tried to step on us and crush us and destroy our fucking souls did nothing but pour gas on a fire. Yeah, it's true, man. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that Tanner and Drew led off the Man Room podcast, uh, you know, they were the first two, is because I, I really tip my cap to those guys just like I tip my cap to you. And being able to rebound in that fashion, I mean, you know, we don't when we talk about when you and Drew and I and Kirk all got fired, we don't even talk about the two years prior to that when they let Tanner go and what that did to all of us. I mean, that that was a that fucking was crazy. crazy day uh, because it was like the day before, I, and I told Tanner this, I'll never forget it, it, it was Thursday, and uh, that Friday I was flying out to Vegas with Ashley, just her and I going on a yeah, fucking right. couple's Vegas trip, and Tanner comes in on Thursday at like the end of the show, and he just slams down a, a stack of paper on the on the counter. And we're like, what's that? And he goes, I just got fucking served. And he had basically walked out into the hall and somebody met him in the lobby and served him. Basically, they did. It was I had to direct that fucker down there. Yeah. You and exactly. And it's the same shit that they do all the time. Are you such and such? Yeah. You've just sure. been served. And it's like, dude, yeah. uh, look, if you if you do that job. God bless you, because I don't know how your jaw's still intact. Because, I mean, it's just that moment of anger that must fucking overcome most people. If you are a process server, 
Get a different... Go work at Trader Joe's and hate people that drive trucks. For fuck's right. sake, get out of what you do because you're the... You're, you're deli- you literally are the messenger that gets killed in the medieval times. Like, if you ride a horse in with that fucking... With that news, they shoot you off that horse. And then they, yeah. they go to war. And, and that's what happened to Tanner. And I remember Thursday they got served. Friday... I'm coming in to do like a little bit of work because I'm leaving at like four in the afternoon on a, on a jet plane. Jesus and it was basically like Tanner's fired. We're all crying. We're all hugging outside. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, Marcus, go have fun in Vegas. We'll see you on Monday when you're the host of the donkey show. And it was like, no, 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 no. This is not what I signed up for. I'm happy to do it. I'm really, I'm flattered that you think I have the ability and the skill. I'm fucking terrified. I tried to fight like a 55-year-old man in Las Vegas, maybe 65. I don't even know how old he was. But he called my wife a whore, and I balled his shirt up underneath of his chin and told him if he if he wanted to make fun of me, he could. But if he needs to say anything about my wife, just know that the next one's coming with a fist. And I was like, just when I look back at those times, I think about how volatile I really was because of the decision making of other people. Was? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know, ball man. It it's upsetting now to know that I that that other people's decisions are are what were to blame for me feeling like that. And yeah, do I have some stuff that I could probably iron out on a couch with a professional? Absolutely. Who doesn't? But. I choose not to, and that's my fucking right as an American. <laughs> so I, I just, yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't like to go back to it much, but I do feel like there's a lot here that people want to know. And, and, and look, understand that the only reason we rehash this three different times with three different people is because we're really, we were really, really passionate about what we were doing. Every single one of us would have told you that we were working our dream job. We were out there doing radio, which is what we all had this secret internal passion for. And not only that, but we were doing it on a rock station, which we all lived the lifestyle, which, uh, we, you know, we're going to shows. We were in bands, you know, you and Tanner and I were all in bands. And it was one of those things that it just fit. And it was such a good fit. And it fit for so many other people that it felt like there was way more than three or four people that got decimated on those days. Oh, and it was the whole city, man. I mean, and that's the thing that, uh, you know, I wanted to just, you know, kind of close the close the loop if you will is is just the listeners that listen to the the station because to this day to this day people write me about it and ask me about it and it's nuts it's crazy it's like and i love it and and i love it i want to tell you i don't know how i don't want to speak for you but i will tell you right now if you're out there and you're listening to this right now and you've thought about writing me and you've decided not to because you think that i'm gonna get upset or i'm not gonna respond favorably please don't think that it is it, one of the Think one of the things. Me, though. <laughs> I'll fucking fire you. Up. It's one of I'm the things kidding. that I I absolutely love because you know what it does it vindicates me. It lets me yeah. know that even fucking six seven years later, there's people out there that were that were affected by it, that were touched by it. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. It changed some people's days. Maybe it didn't change their life. Maybe it wasn't profound and and made everything different for them. But. The people that come up to you and be like, dude, I work a fucking nine to five. And when I got in at, you know, 2 p.m., hang on. Uh, when I got in at 2 p.m., I always thought about staying an extra hour just so we could hear the end of the donkey show. Like, dude, there's nothing that could make me feel better than that. I've killed in front of a stand up comedy crowd before a couple hundred people, you know, and, and opening for guys like Brian Posehn. That 
is a feeling that is is barely just it's like it's it's a close second but it's still a second to having somebody reach out 7 years later and tell me how much they appreciated what we did. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy here's a crazy story from my little world just from the whole thing cuz you know, I I uh I was in the band and people loved the band and the band was great. We have guns. We, we were killing it in Eugene. Like people listened to us. Uh, we had tons of people come to the shows. Like we had an awesome fan base. Uh, people like we tried, what we tried to do with that was like bring the whole scene together of all the metal bands in the town. Like let's all just fucking be a part of this thing. You know, that was my goal with the radio station with doing the heavy metal show on the Sunday nights when I got my start you know, doing local licks, doing edge, doing the fucking whole thing with that. And, uh, uh, so that was like this thing that allowed me to whittle my way back into being in a band, I guess. And I, it wasn't like an intention. It just happened. You know, it was one of those things was like, well, I guess the shit. Okay, sure. I'll do your vocals. Like, okay, cool. Let's go. Uh, but, but what was, I I will never forget. I, I, I lived up in, uh, the, the West Hills at one point, and I would go to the Albertsons on 18th Street to go grocery shopping. And, you know, one night, and I'm, I'm like half a box of wine into my body. I went down <laughs> to the store to get some fucking lunch for the that week. Like healthy choices and like bananas and shit. You know, Hungry like, man. Just, just <laughs> bullshit. You know, like I'm I'm just torched out in the fucking Albertsons walking in, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, maybe it wasn't 11 o'clock. I don't know, 9 o'clock. This kid comes up to me. Don't try to and, legitimize it. It was 11. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it was because a kid came up. The whole point was this kid comes up to me and was like, he heard me talking to somebody. I I, I don't know. I, he he knew my voice. And he was like, are you standard ass Carl from Cave Lion? And I was like, yeah. Huh? You know, I was I was kind of like, is this like a, a sketch that's about to unfold? Like something <laughs> to fuck with me? And he fucking wanted my autograph. And I signed this fucking, this little piece of paper he had and he scurried off and you know found his mom or whatever. I don't know what happened to him. I hope he's okay. But he, I signed an autograph in Albertsons in the middle of the night while I'm grocery shopping. Like, fuck all the other shit. Like this kid and I was cool. You know, it's like a kid w- was blown away. Like he's just here. Here's this guy. He's at Safeway. He's the guy from the radio. Like holy shit, he's a human being. You know. I remember being that kid and never meeting any of these guys. But if I did, I'd probably be the same way. Like I'd be just like, "Whoa, you, you're the fucking guy from the radio. Holy shit, you're in real life. You're in front of me now. It's crazy." So uh, that is the best part about yep. you know th- some of that for me is that you know it wasn't just you know uh, that I got to do what I like to do. It was that the people were into it and there were kids out there like just digging it like. And I was helping them become like cool with rock and roll and like blah blah blah. blah you know, like I'm this old man now. You know, well, you were doing the same uh, thing that the old man that you used to listen to on the radio did for you. Yeah, that's what's kind of totally. cool about it. You know, yeah. And, it's, and so and so, I still get messages from people like, "Hey, you know, uh, I miss you on K Fly, man. I wish that shit was still real." Like your request hour and the edge. Like I did all these things musically. Like my thing was like, my personality wasn't. I wasn't trying to be anything more than I am. And ultimately what I am is a fucking fan of music and I love rock and roll. I love heavy metal. And I just want to play that for people and I want to get in the way of it. I just want you to like it more than me even. So my whole goal was to bring the music out that all the way through my radio career in the, on the music side, cause I work news and music. I did both sides. Like I played the field, right? I was always like, 
I could never figure out, like, do I like news? Do I like rock and roll? I liked them both. Well, I did them both. So, I cool. I got to do both things. So, on the music side, I didn't have to fuck around with country music and top 40 and, you know, shitty formats that I hated because it wasn't about doing radio. It was about doing rock and roll. And so, for me, that's all I cared about. And that's all I still care about. I don't fucking want to do country. If somebody begged me to do a fucking hip-hop station, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Or a, a top 40 station? No, I... I Maybe a hip-hop station. That could be cool. But a top 40 station? Absolutely not. Country station? No, no. Like AC, slow rock, whatever. Docker rock that they turn K-Fly into? Fuck that. I don't want to do any of that shit. I don't want to play Richard Marks. Fuck him. Fuck all that shit, you know. You know, Steely Dan? No, no. <laughs> Led Zeppelin, Pantera, Metallica, Guns N' Roses. Okay, we're talking. Anyway, uh, my point is uh, they fucked it all up. And they shouldn't have, and and it's and it's still <laughs> the city still has no rock station. Oh no, that's the it thing. Th- there wasn't anything like if anyone's listening to this with any sort of finances, like go buy a radio station, turn it into a rock station. You will make money with it because the audience is fucking there. They're just waiting. You know, there. Yeah, I guess there's a couple kind of rock stations. You know, I won't say their names because I don't want to give them credit, <laughs> uh, but sure okay you're a rock station you're right you're playing rock technically but it's not this like what we did on k-fly was wild like we did what made radio exciting and we did we pushed the envelope the fuck off the table with everything we did every single day and and it was to this day i've never been able to be more free with who i am than at that point like i listened back to some of the air checks that i did Holy shit, dude. We got away with murder <laughs> saying the things we said. We oh, could man. never say the shit that we said no. back then. Fuck, now, no, like it's... 12 years later, whatever the fuck it is, holy shit, we would be uh, we'd be destroyed. The cancel culture would have canceled the fuck out of us, which is hysterical because most of what we said was stupid anyway, and, and the rest of it was just for fucking shits and giggles to make people laugh, and it worked. And it was never hateful. And you know Never. what? If you're no. gonna if you're gonna cancel something, self depreciate. Yes, and it was self deprecation, and also just the fact that look, I've always loved the term equal opportunity offender because there was nobody that was safe in that studio. If you came in and you did some stupid shit or you said some stupid shit, you were you were there was a target on your head, but it wasn't there forever, and you weren't the only one that wore the target. Everybody passed the target around. If it was your day. Well, it might not be a good Wednesday, but guess what? It's your day, and it won't be your day another day. So just think about okay. it that way, you know? Um, so listen, I got to really take a break right now, but... Um, yeah, I was going to say, after this one, we should we should slow it down because I have to piss right yes, now. Yes, we're, we're going we're gonna to go and we're going to take a piss, and here's the deal. I want to tease this a little bit because people that are listening, uh, I know it's not live, but you need to stay tuned to the second half of this because... Carl has a lot that he's going to talk to you about, including new music endeavors, uh, new um, writing endeavors, and all sorts of other fun shit. So please stay tuned. It's the Man Room Podcast. We're coming right back. Stay tuned while we grab a refill. The Man Room continues next. 
Hi there, Ghost of Billy Mays here for OcuBleach. Are you on social media scrolling all day? Does the evening news broadcast make you want to brush your teeth with a tack hammer? Has seeing the world with your very own eyes given you gout? Well, good news is finally here with OcuBleach. Bleach for your eyes. Our patented state-of-the-art formula will have you seeing nothing but sweet, sweet darkness after only one application. Simply put your eyes over the eye holes, tip it back, and voila! Perfect legal blindness. Never again will you have to subject yourself to the drunken Facebook rants of your racist uncle or an incompetent newscast that gives you gas. But that's not all. Act now and you'll also receive a brand new set of our best-selling ear nails. In 2020, sometimes blindness just isn't enough. So simply hammer these bad boys deep into your ear canal and you, Simon, and Garfunkel will hear nothing but the sounds of silence. Occubleach and ear nails from the creators of Quarantine Claw. Call now. Please use responsibly. Do not operate a vehicle while on OccuBleach or sing karaoke with ear nails. Grab a drink. This, this is the man room. Welcome back into the man room. Thanks for joining us tonight. Having a kick-ass time in here with Carl Sundberg. Don't forget to check us out, www.themanroompodcast.com. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. You can find us there, and we would love to have you listen. I did find out that those five-star ratings are big news for me on Apple, so hook me up with the five-star. Tickle me with it. I would love to uh, get tickled by all points of that five-star rating and uh back to it uh, because we have a ton to talk about and that's one thing that you and i are realizing the further that we get into this thing is that uh we could probably go for eight hours tonight and while our wives <laughs> slash uh significant others wouldn't be happy with us we could do it but uh anyway dude first of all first and foremost carl <laughs> your your last podcast it was an hour long this one 16 <laughs> We're not doing that. Uh, no, we're not. We're not. But thank you so much, dude, uh, for coming on with me. And I know I'll get to I'm, I'm probably going to say that like another eight times before this is all said and done. But um, one thing that I have to make sure that everybody that comes on this podcast understands about it is that since I am kind of, you know, throwing caution to the wind here and trying to turn this into a career, every single person that donates time to me is is, is uh, held very near and dear to my heart, dude. So I really appreciate it. You didn't have to do this. You could be having a Friday night with your lady right now eating three three meat plate and fucking drinking whiskey, but you're talking to me instead. So thank you so much for being here, and I hope so far you're having a good time. You won't believe this, but we're like well over an hour in at this point. Yeah, see, that's what you do. You keep them drinking, they'll stick around for a lot longer than what you might even want them for. So during the break, by the way, I just have to tell you this, and she's she, she'll probably be mad that I'm telling this, but uh, you know, we we took a break, you know, because that's what you do in radio. You take a break to pee, you know, run run back and <clears throat> stretch it out, and get back into the groove of things. Uh, so he's like, "Come here for a second. and I, I'm like, I, "Is everything okay?" And she's like. I'm sitting by the fire with bourbon. Everything's fine. And I'm like, okay, God. thank God. Cause I, I was like, shit, she's going to yell at me or something. And she, she looks at me and she's like, don't drink too much in there. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And she's like, you know what it means? You're going to say some shit you don't want to say. And then you're going to listen to it later. And you're going to be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do And she's like, you're going to sound drunk. And I'm like, do you think I've never been on the radio before? I I have an idea of how to do this. I'm not just like, this isn't my first pony ride, okay? Leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to fucking go in here. And yes, 
I'm going to fucking drink. You know why? It's Friday night. It's 8.40 Pacific time. <laughs> I kind of wish you would have left it as, this ain't my first pony, not my first pony ride. Just like, this ain't my first pony. You can edit it. You can figure it out. Make it funnier. You can cut it all uh, up and dude, make it like Max Headroom. I don't care. It's it's so funny, too, because, I mean, look, it's like, I think about that, but that's like, you might say something you don't want. Bitch, I'm in the goddamn motherfucking man room. You know? <laughs> say yeah, whatever that's what you this is about. Say, this so. is... And this is not a place for uh, the week. No, and and once again, <laughs> we're professionals. I mean, well, <laughs> as much as you I can used to be, as much know. as you we're can be a professional retired. without a job, uh, I am that. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm excited to talk to you about this next part because um, you know you talked about your old band, We Have Guns, which was a, yeah. kind of a, a a really mainstay band in the metal scene down here in Eugene for years. Um, I was fortunate enough to not only share the stage with you with one of my bands, but before that band was ever a thing, you guys had me come on and uh, do a guest drum spot with you while you played a cover of uh, the Beastie Boys' Paul Revere, which just so happens to be my karaoke hit. I fucking love singing oh, yeah. that song at karaoke. Me so too. when you guys asked me to do that, I, I was just eternally honored. And uh, I know We Have Guns isn't together anymore, uh, but I do know that you have something else in the works. So tell me a little bit about Glassbeard while I smoke this bong. All right. Uh, so while you do that, um, yeah, the, first of all, I just want to say that that we that we have Guns Paul Revere cover was such a ridiculous song that we just love doing it. And like people, it's gone crazy on YouTube. There's like 40,000 views or something on it. It's insane. Uh, and and everybody wanted us to play it all the time. They're like, we play that Paul Revere song. And I'm like, yeah, we don't have the right people. We can't do it. We can't do it right. Cause you were the only one that could play the beat, right? How we did it. Even though, anyway, it's a long story. Uh, but the new band, um, and we have guns, you know, no, keep telling knows? it. It makes me sound like I'm a good drummer. Dude. I wish I had audio of that. I wish I had that on <laughs> tape somewhere. If someone has that, if someone was there and saw that performance and filmed it, send us the video. Cause I'd love to see it. It would be in, in, insane. But uh, the new stuff, uh, Glassbeard. This is the new project. This is the this is the thing. So I was the singer in We Have Guns, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't play any instruments, which was hard for me because I'm a guitar player. Like I, th- this was the first gig I ever had where I didn't play guitar, which was bizarre. So you know, I did Sick Man, that Alice in Chains tribute band. I played guitar there. That was su- super fun. I just did that for fun. Uh, but this new band that I'm in, Glassbeard, uh, I'm playing bass. Which oh, nice! Is so fucking fun. Uh, I have I have the bass back here actually that I, that I jam on, um, and uh, so Toby, the guitar player from We Have Guns, is the drummer, which is his normal instrument. Right, that's he where he came from. from. Yeah, he came from Grinch. He was a drummer. I mean, I, I played alongside Toby way back when I was in college, when he was in Grinch, and I was in a band called One Point Star. We played a couple of uh, right. gigs together, and dude was an amazing drummer. It was always pretty phenomenal to see how great he was on guitar and we have guns and so back to drums which i i love that transition getting back to his roots yeah so and it, it, it spawned just from him and i uh jamming like so he moved to portland uh before i did so he was in portland and then i moved up to portland and then i'm like fuck dude we should jam man like we fucking live here now let's let's hook up and hang out and like do some stuff so we just, he had this practice spot in, you know, Southeast Portland and we just go over there and I, I was like, I want to play bass. Is that cool? Like, like, that's what I'm kind of feeling these days. And I'm playing through effects and stuff. So like delays and wahs and fucking, you know, distortions and stuff. And so 
Uh, and I was like, I'm kind of getting into this. I've been into this post-rock thing for a long time. Like I was playing in a band in high school that was doing what post-rock became like instrumental, long 20 minute songs of like, you know, soundscape type shit effects and all that stuff. Like so Gabe from the it. office where it's like, imagine one instance of a song expanded infinitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly it. That's post-rock. And so like, uh, I've been into it. And, uh, so I've been, I was playing that kind of stuff and, you know, real trippy shit, you know, like long, you know, like meditational type things. So we got together and it's, and it worked out and, and, and he was into it too. Cause he was listening to that kind of shit too. With like Jacob, the band Jacob, I was into, um, you know, God is an astronaut and Mogwai and Russian circles and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, uh, he had a friend who was in a band in Eugene called hiding Jekyll, uh, David Affinito, the guitar player from that band, he moved to Portland. Him and Toby worked together, and he was like, "Dude, David loves post rock." And I was like, "Really? Is he? Does he want to do that? Like, what's he doing? Is he playing guitar?" And I was like, "You know, like I'm I'm interested, but I like don't want to. I don't want to just fuck around with a guy that's just not into it." But he was way into it. And then when he, we jammed with him, I was like, "It changed everything. Like, it was fucking insane. Like, Toby and I had like six total songs ideas." that we had recorded and I was like, okay, we could put some stuff together and it would be really cool. We need more players. And so we got the guitar player in there and then it turned into this thing where it was just like, this is unbelievable. And so we wrote like three, four songs and they're insane. And uh, one of them, Andromeda is on Spotify and uh, you can get it on YouTube and fucking our band camp. Uh, just look for Glassbeard. It's like, it's kind of ridiculous that we even, went with that name by the way and i'll get to that in a second but uh so we we started doing this whole thing before covid happened and uh we were going to put an ep out which was hilarious that it was an ep because it was only three songs but every song is like 14 minutes long so that's it's like extended a full play. album that that qualifies yeah. as extended play which is what yeah, ep it's like stands a full for right? album but it's three songs and it's like <laughs> we were like <clears throat> how dare us and it's instrumental like there's no there, we don't have a singer we intentionally don't have a singer so uh i was calling it Glassbeard because all three of us dorks in the band wear glasses and have beards so <laughs> i thought it was hysterical to fucking call us Glassbeard for that and i just said it one day and i and everybody's like mm, no, that's stupid <laughs> and so uh we decided to uh and then I don't know. I think it was Toby one day. He was like, let's just call it Glassbeard. I'm like, no, it's stupid. That's a stupid name. And then he's like, no, think about it. And then every, and then David was into it. And then we were all, we were like, ah, fuck, fuck. Okay. Well, let's just do that. So that's what we're, we're called. And we were about to release this EP. We were going to record it and fucking put it out there and then play some shows with it. And then COVID happened and we're fucked. We, we haven't played, I haven't played music in a year with human beings. Wow. Like we jammed one time kind of after that, but it was really weird. And like, it was a spontaneous thing. We were just hanging out one one day at Toby's house, and it was like, "Hey, we should just jam." And I was like, "Cause we were working on a song in the in his studio, because Toby has a studio studio at his house, and he's like, he's in ten bands. I don't know how he works full time and is in ten bands, but he just does this crazy amount of work. He's recorded an album with a band called Seven Circle or uh, Seven Second Circle. It's got guys from Henry's Child. It's it's badass shit, uh, and. So anyway, uh, I'm ranting on and on about this band because I'm super stoked about it. Glassbeard, check it out. Spotify, uh, Bandcamp, download the song Andromeda. It's fucking uh, 14 minutes for a dollar. Or you could just listen on Spotify or YouTube for free. What the fuck ever. And like us on Facebook. 
figure it out. There you go. And we will be sure to share links to all that stuff in the description of this podcast. So uh, if you've uh, subscribed on, you know, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, if you just uh, join the RSS feed, the description of this episode will have all of that shit in it. So just click there. It'll take you right to it. Um, You're already there. So don't make excuses, punk bitch. Um, that's dude. That's great. And see, I, like I, I don't think about, um, you said glass beard, you're talking about glasses and beards. Like when I hear glass beard, I kind of think of like this badass dude with like an actual glass beard. That's like, go yes. ahead and punch, go ahead and punch it. Motherfucker. See what it does to your knuckles. You know, like, <laughs> like it's going to hurt me, but it's really going to fuck you up. You know? And I, I don't yeah. know why I just, I hope I, I well, that's what that's- I get. That's that's what it in my head it turned into eventually because it, there's like black beard and red beard and gray beard and glass beard. It's fucking made of glass. Like that's <laughs> badass. You're like a space pirate at that point. Like fuck you. The guy's beard is made of glass. That's insane. But in real honesty, you're gonna see these guys play a show at like fucking some club in, in town and look up and realize it's gonna be a moment where you fucking re- wake up and see it and go, wait a minute. Glass beard. These fucking guys all have glasses, all have and, glasses have beards. and beards. Yep. Motherfucker. Yep. I get it now. Got one and over it'll be, on me. It'll ruin the night for you. But uh, <laughs> hopefully you'll get a kick out of us before that. Uh, that's awesome, man. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Um, I did get to listen to a little bit of it. And, uh, um, you know, I, I'm a fan, dude, of the of the long stuff. Um, you, you guys reminded me a little bit of, and, and I don't, I don't want to say this for the metal side. I think more of the like the spacey and, and lighter elements. Uh, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a tool feel. It's like you can tell you guys enjoyed tool. You know, and and it's I don't blatant. think that's ever a ever a fucking bad thing. It, because here's the deal: there's only been a few bands that have been effectively able to do it and still make it sound good. I think that sometimes I feel like Incubus doesn't get enough play when they when they talk about oh, people great. that sound like Tool. In a certain way, I know it's. And I know you know those two bands are never going to share the stage on a tour together. But if you want to sit there and tell me that those guys that created Incubus didn't listen to early Tool, I'm going to call you a fucking liar. You know, right? Well, and and to be perfectly honest, anyone that knows me knows that I'm the most ridiculous Tool fan on earth. Yes. Well, I mean that's that's my favorite band, and so. Is it weird that I play like Justin Chancellor? No, because I fucking love that guy. He's one of the best bass players out there. I mean, yep. his tones and his delays and all of the shit he does is incredible. So I'll take that connection. And if Tool wants to bring us on the road and play a show in Arizona, in Arizona Bay, I'll do it any day. You just say it, Maynard. You just, Danny, any of you motherfuckers. Adam, call us. Let's fucking do it. Let's play a show. I think Fast it's spirited tool. I, I, damn it. I love it. I, I think it's great that you feel like they might actually hear this podcast. Like that's They're, that's the best part of this whole thing. I'll send it to management. I'll, <laughs> whoever the fuck's running the band, whoever it is, I'll figure. Dude, look, that's my gift. I'm not good on the radio. What I'm good at is behind the scenes. I figure out who the people are that run the game, and then I go talk to those people. Well, so I'm gonna take this podcast, and then I'm gonna make Tool listen to it. Uh, I'm just totally fucking around. I don't know any of those people. <laughs> Whoever said you weren't good on the radio never gave you a bunch of whiskey and weed. That's what I can say. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised at my shifts, my friend. I mean, well, you'd be surprised you know, at all of our. We safety were all meetings. fucking drunk at, a couple times on the air. Yeah, like they, well, it was that was the funniest part, by the way, about being on the radio is there's this whole legal thing about being 
uh, drunk on the radio. You can't do it. It's illegal. It's FCC rec- violation. It's like saying fuck on the air. Yep. You can't do it. Yep. But a podcast, obviously, can do all these things, uh, including being hammer time. Maybe I am. I, who knows? Maybe I'm not. Maybe you are. doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, uh, on the radio, you, if, you're, if you are drunk on the air, like talking into a microphone that's like breaking FCC, and I will tell you, there's there's more times than I have fingers and toes that I was hammered on the radio talking directly to the entire audience, and I can promise you there I am not the only one. Well, <laughs> I can promise you that too. Strangely enough, because I was in the we same room. All but have been. We I had mean, the dude, Bud Light chill chamber. Exactly. In our it was room. A, it was a that, Bud Light studio. We got a little bit tipsy from time to time because we were supposed to be like. You know, enjoying Bud Light Chill Chamber. Like, that's why they we had it. filled it every Monday. They <sighs> brought another fucking four boxes of beer and put it in front of us and said, you're working in the Bud Light Studios. Make it happen. You're going like, to make me cry. There was, like, like who has that job? Like, uh, still, I, I hate to go back to that, but that was a fucking dope time now that I think about it. Now that I'm drinking whiskey on your podcast, uh, <laughs> it's reminding me of the times where I drank beer in the K-Fly studio because there was a... Bud Light chill chamber in the goddamn room. Well, and it got to the point, too, where it was... They refilled it every Monday, but the the Bud Light guy that came by, he was a fan of the show. So if he brought 10 cases up and, you know, maybe one or two cases fit inside the, the fridge that was in the studio... He wouldn't take the rest of the cases that he was supposed to take. He would bring ten cases, and then he would stack them in our office. And pretty soon, we had a oh, we nuts. had a chill chamber in the studio, and we had a goddamn like fort in the office because you there had was a warehouse. I mean, you dude, there were stacks of beer, and we would bring it. Drew and I would bring it to the tailgate because we would go to Ducks games, and we would try to yeah. give it away there. And you just it was it was an embarrassment of riches. And we thank you, Bud Light. And if you would like to sponsor the Man Room Podcast, go ahead and Gmail me the Man Room Podcast at gmail.com. But I'm not looking for that shit either. I mean, you know, whatever. Sponsor them. Block 15, uh, Sticky Hands, uh, Jefferson Whiskey. Uh. Come on, people. <laughs> Give us some money. We are no, doing this for the love, and we're talking about your shit. I think Sorry. that maybe, hopefully, if this is heard by enough people, um, we'll be able to actually make you some money by um, talking about not only Glassbeard, but also um, you have a writing project in the works, and I am not going to butcher it by trying to mention a single detail. I am just going to let you talk about it because it has to do with a lot of what we've been talking about tonight. K-Fly, all that stuff, all that experience is uh, is crucial to this. So let the Man Room uh, listeners know what you're working on right now. And, uh, and yeah, just take your time. So I just have to give you props first and foremost because that was the slickest way of not doing any prep on my material and getting away with it without even sounding like you you were fucking knew nothing about what I was talking about. I wrote the title <laughs> down because you told it to me right before we went on air. Yeah. And that was and the I'll extent you, of my and, prep. And I just have to remind the listeners that I gave him no information about this anyway. I just said, hey, will you talk about my book that I'm writing and the <laughs> fucking band I'm in? And that that's the whole reason I'll come on to your podcast? That's not really the reason. Like, the main reason, we weren't, we didn't even mention that that part until, like, on the air, basically. Yeah. That's because I'm <laughs> an unemployed pro. this other cool shit. I'm an unemployed pro. People out there that are listening, like, I'm, I spend a lot of time at home. I can do this for you. From the comfort of my own chair. I talk about. Your, by the way, sorry, I got my shot yesterday, my COVID vac. Okay, yesterday. So next time so, you're going to do this live. That's what I was going to say. Is that soon, soon, 
And I'm hoping by summertime that America as a whole is kind of back to the new normal. And I don't talk, I'm not talking about the old normal like we dealt with, right? This is the new normal, and I'm cool with whatever that looks like, but it, I just want it to be like, I'm not going to die from going to my friend's house now. Like, yep. that's, I'm ready for that to be the case. I'm ready to have parties at my motherfucking house at my house. Look behind me, dude. This is my studio. This is my room. This is, my house is cool as fuck. And I'm, I'm just saying that because I set it up that way. I don't have kids yet. Uh, I want fucking parties at my house. I can't do that right now. I bought a house to have parties. I can't have them. Yep. I have a fire pit. I have fucking whiskey fucking <laughs> bars. I got all kinds of shit in this stupid little house. And it's just sitting there. Just sitting here. Fucking can't do a thing because of COVID. But my point is, I can't wait to do this podcast in real life with you. Thank and you. then I'm going to talk about my book. I'm excited about it, and here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll promise the listeners right now that uh, as soon as as soon as the world is back to normal, or at least close enough to normal that we can make it work, not only will I have Carl join me live in the man room, but my my ultimate goal is to have you, Tanner, and Drew all here um, in the man room together. Holy shit! So that we can sit down that, and have a conversation because I, I, there's that would be nuts. You know, there's there's four different brains in the in that room, and uh, and it it keeps. Uh, it keeps the nostalgia flowing, and trust me, it's it's on it's on the it's on the books. It's not scheduled. It's it's on the books that are uh, they reside between my ears. It's in the six inches between my ears, and that's probably being a little bit, um, I would say, like liberal six inches. I got a big dome, but my brain's. Gee. Anyway, talk about your book, dude. You have a big brain. What I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, before I talk about my book, I just. I, you just you you're like I'm gonna have everybody from uh, the old days come into the room and uh, by the way uh, anyway talk about your book wait a second let me talk about what you just said that was badass I, I didn't know that was happening first of all it's not second it, of all this is the first does, time it's been mentioned okay well so everyone's getting a fucking uh, world exclusive on this episode of the fucking Marcus podcast I'm gonna call it the Marcus podcast right now I know it's the man room but right now I want to just call it the Marcus podcast because. You are the fucking man, and you're the podcast. So my point is, uh, when you fucking do that, when we all are in the room again, dude, we're going to need tents and shit. We're going to have to camp out that weekend. It's going to be serious. It's going to be like, a, it's gonna be like a, an amazing soul thing. Like, when I went to Tanner's house, by the way, like when we, we talked on the phone, remember, like, I don't know, it was like six months ago or at 20 years oh, yeah. ago. I don't even know at this no, point. No, it was honestly kind of like one of the different inspirations for this podcast because I had I had a different idea that night that we spent a lot of time talking about like yelling into the phone drunk at each other about like Yeah, but I like this things. idea that you're doing now more. I do too. It's it's not it's, finite. It's, better. it's not finite. That's the that's well, the, that's the whole thing. We won't get into the details of it. You you can talk about that on a further podcast if you want to. It's your fucking show. Uh but uh I think I think what you're doing now is really really amazing and 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 so when we were hanging out with when I was hanging out with Tanner it was just one it's like now like I feel like the time just slides by like when we did that shit dude it was like two o'clock and all of a sudden it was six o'clock and you're like whoa what <laughs> yeah yeah dude. and for me it was like ten o'clock to six o'clock and then like a couple hours I had to get shit done like while the show started I had to go and work like and program the rest of the station and email people and fucking get record labels happy and all that shit so like i was doing all that and then i get to finish my day on the end piece of that so it would be cool to have everybody in the room again at least one one time at your place because uh i have a feeling that will be a wild show 
Yeah. I think that everybody, I mean, look, we there it's it's just like any other job. Not every day was a great day. Um, there was a lot of hard times, a lot of a lot of uh, hard feelings from time to time in the radio. That's what happens in creative, uh, creative environments. It's happened in every band I've ever been in. But I'll tell you right now that just uh, knowing everybody and you know, I, I just had uh, it was fortunate enough to go out to a restaurant and have uh, dinner with Drew and his uh, his daughters and his uh, wife, his amazing family, just a couple days ago, and. I mean, it feels like we're right back on the bike again every single time we get in a room together, and the same thing with Tanner. And I know that, I mean, they both have told me, like, this is the only podcast that they're willing to go on besides the one that they do. So it's That's either they make be, the real money. They're like, yeah. you can't go lower than where we're at. <laughs> well, it's either going to be this one. Here. It's either going to be this one or it's not going to happen. So I figured I might as well put it out there. And, uh, the, the, I mean, it's look, it'll happen because everybody will be so starved for it by the time it actually does happen that why not, you know, and it'll why not have like a mic? Episode 216. Yeah, well. Then. Fingers crossed. Happen. Once again, as soon as my wallet's set up, you can donate at themanroompodcast.com. Because uh, so. it's going to cost $1,000 per for the penalties. <laughs> I'm not paying you guys <laughs> shit. I'm gonna I'll have, do it for 80 I'm going to have I'll Paps your- Blue Ribbon and fucking... Like generic white claw. I'm gonna have Trulies up here. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring weird shit to your house, Marcus, and I'm gonna fucking make that show unreal. And people are not gonna know where they're at. Okay, oh, we will definitely have cameras set up so that I can't be set up to sound like I did anything weird. Okay, I don't want I don't want those prospects anyway. But I do I do want to uh, talk about the book Headbanger. Yeah. I told you I wrote it down. Yes. No. You did. You did. And 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 to be perfectly honest. I've done a terrible job of talking about it because I wanted to talk about other stuff and I kept diverting you. <laughs> so if this was on real TV though, like this is a podcast, you can do that on real TV. They, they'd edit all of the shit out that we just talked about and they'd get right to this point where I'm like, so the new book that I'm working on is called headbanger. Blah, 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 blah. And then I talk about the shit. No, but uh, that's unfortunate is... about TV by the way. And that's the advantage to podcasting just to be clear. Yeah. No one's watching us, uh, at least now. Like, we'll probably, you'll probably get to that video point. Like, we're doing it, and, you know, we are actually watching each other. We're just not broadcasting this part. I think, I think the next phase that you need to get into, and, 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 and I'm going to do this, I want to do this too, is you need to do a live show that brings callers in because you have that fucking machine that can do that. Twitch. I don't have that machine, so I have to do an iPhone fucking weird rig. I'm but going to Twitch, dude. Is, I'm going to Twitch. You can watch the. You can watch me do a live Twitch broadcast every Wednesday night where I play the that week's episode of the show, and I'm on camera and I'm talking and everything like that. Uh, I'm just waiting to have like a to to get that idea of what the show is because I do you know I need a little bit of content. Like eventually, people are going to get sick of just watching me talk about my life and. So I'm I'm waiting for that idea, but I think I'm going to do it on Twitch. I think the live stream thing is where it's at right now. So yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So this book, I'll get I'll get to I'll get to this goddamn fucking book. <laughs> Thank and you. I say that with love because it this is you know when you were talking about like <clears throat> you know look people have jobs and do their thing and there's people that hate their jobs and the people that listen to the radio and I found this was an interesting trend. A lot of people that called into the radio station when I was in the air were people that fucking hated their jobs and they were listening to my show to fucking get through that shit or to like, you know, escape or what, you know, just have a good time with it. The whole, the, and that, and then we provided that 
for these people. We provided this alternate reality that they could get into and be a part of and like dip in and out. And it didn't like, it wasn't like it was coherent enough to like, if they missed some nights, it wouldn't be like a catastrophic failure. They'd dip in and they'd still get it. You know, like there was nothing about it that was like, you know, like advanced. And so one of the things was I got to enter, I I brought in bands. Like Like my whole thing was like, it's a rock station. Let's fucking make it rock. Let's bring in the rock bands. And so I tried to get interviews, not, you know, yeah, I loved to interview these bands, but I also wanted those bands to talk to our audience and tell them what the fuck's going on in their lives. So like, uh, I, my, my agenda at K-Fly was to bring the rock as close to the fucking crowd as I could, you know, like when you're at a show, what's the best place to be the front row. So why, why wouldn't I try to make the experience front row? by bringing in bands, like legitimate bands, Black Sabbath, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, Metallica, Megadeth, fucking all these bands, right? Like, I had interviews with these bands. Yeah, I got to do the fucking interview. Cool, that's the best part of my day. Let me tell you, you say what you want about how shitty your day is going to be. When you're driving to work and knowing you're going to talk to Tom Morello in fucking two hours, your day is awesome. You're you're driving down the freeway going, I'm the only one in this city that's going to talk to Tom Morello in two hours. It's nuts. <laughs> like, it's a it's crazy true. thought. It's like, true, man. I mean, it, I, we get that on the radio, and it was, it, I can say that, like, I fanboyed out more when I listened back to some stuff. I go, yeah. God, you're being a fanboy right now. And it's like, but, dude, it's because I'm a fan. I can't hide that because right. I'm super excited to be talking to this person. Well, and, and for me, like I could be a fanboy, but also be serious because I was a journalist. Like I'm always a journalist. That's what I was trained to do. That's what I went to school for. That's what I've always done for my life. Like that's my background. I was a musician. I was a writer. Those are the two things. That's it. Like, so I figured it out and made it radio does both of those. Cool. So this book is basically uh, a collection of interviews that I did over the years at that radio station. So like, uh, I've done hundreds of interviews and I have the audio for every one of them. So I've been sitting on these things, thinking about it for a long time. And I'm like, fuck, why don't I put this out here in a book? Like somebody would read this. Like it's not even, it's not like I have the ultimate fucking list of interviews or the ultimate interview from those bands. There's probably cooler interviews with all of those bands. But the fact is I got to talk to every single one of these bands like that's insane to me and and for nothing else i'd like to give it to my grandkids and be like yo i talked to fucking black sabbath and metallica and judas priest and lita ford and fucking tool and fucking corn and Mudvayne and slipknot and all these bands like guns and roses like i hung out with slash on his tour bus like how crazy is that shit i have crazy stories on top of the interviews I partied with Megadeth on my 30th birthday. I've interviewed Dave Mustaine. I don't even know how many times. He knows who I am now. He, like, he knew me. He recognized me. Get him Guys on the podcast. Get him on this podcast. <clears throat> Call Dave Mustaine right now, and you get him on this podcast. He doesn't know me that much. <laughs> he recognized me. He's like, hey, I know you. It was like, worth you know, a try. It was worth a try. Yeah. It's not like these guys are still rock stars. They don't fucking know who the fuck I am. Um I hung out with Rob Halford and he didn't remember when I did the phone interview with him 10 years before. Like, <laughs> so like, I'll, it's not like I'm somebody, you know, to these people, but the, that's, what's crazy about it is that I'm just a dude. I grew up in Florida, man, central fucking Florida. I never thought I'd be on the radio, let alone interview 
bands I grew up listening to as a kid. And the craziest part about all of it is that, is that, you know, I was a punk ass motherfucker rolling around on my skateboard fucking in eighth grade. Fucking, I was just listening to, you know, oh shit, I knocked my ice over. Uh, I was just listening to heavy metal and fucking punk rock and hip hop and my Walkman and listening to these bands. And then I listened to the radio and, and they would sometimes talk to these bands, but most of the time the radio didn't have interviews, but when it was on the radio, it was like insane. Like, holy shit. They're talking to the fucking band. Holy shit. It was the craziest thing to me. So I wanted to recreate that on the radio for other people. And so I got to do that. And, and, and so what this book is, is basically transcriptions of those interviews, my favorite ones, and all of them are also prefaced with some sort of like story or essay about that band. So whether it was like, you know, I never partied with Metallica, right? But I can tell you crazy stories about Metallica and that's what I'll do. And so I did party with Anthrax in Las Vegas. That's a crazy story. Do you want to hear that? I will tell it in this book. So I have crazy stories about most of the interviews in this book and the ones I don't, I have a crazy backstory about why that's cool. I partied with Aerosmith. I partied with Slash on his bus while he was warming up before a fucking 50,000 sold out crowd the day B.B. King died. What the fuck did you do that day? So I have crazy stories inside the interviews. I'll tell you what, what I did that day, is. Carl. I mourned the death of B.B. King. I didn't go to a fucking Guns N' Roses concert like some kind of <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Well, to be honest, it wasn't Guns N' Roses. It was Rock in the Range, and it was Slash, and the rest of the motherfuckers weren't there. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise <laughs> me. That time frame, that band wasn't really getting along all that well, so it doesn't surprise me at all that the rest of them weren't there, but it does sound like a really fucking cool book, dude, and that's one of the things that I, I definitely wanted to give some time to because I know um, that you've talked to all those people. Like, I, you know, I, I used to have access to the same little recording console, the Vox Pro is what they called it. Yeah. And I used to see all your stuff in there. And the one that the one that uh, impresses me that you you ne never listened or you never listed just because it's it's way down the list as far as popularity. But for me, it's super, uh, you know, nostalgic is uh, Brennan Small. And I remember you got him to say, uh, oh, this dude. is Nathan Explosion and you're listening to The Donkey Show, which is a, a Metalocalypse reference if you if right. nobody's familiar. And, and he doesn't do that very often. He's very um, not interested in always doing his animated series voice, which is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Incredible. I mean, it's so good. And I, I you know... I, I'm not sure if I have it. I'd have to look through my, you know, terabyte of audio if you have it. I, I don't know if Tanner has it, but it was, you know, I mean, hi, this is Nathan Explosion. You're listening to the Donkey Show. Like, it was so good. It was so, like, thick and rich, and it was over the phone. But you got that one, and I know that you knocked it out of the park on a lot of the other interviews. So uh, do you have any plans for, like, when you're going to release it, or are you going to turn this into – this sounds like – it could be a really cool companion podcast uh, because you have the audio yeah. from that. And I feel like you telling the story and then, you know, having the audio would just be amazing to listen to. 
It's like you're reading my mind, Marcus. I am. Like, I, I, I didn't give you credit for doing prep, and all of a sudden you're like reading my mind and saying exactly what I was thinking about doing with this fucking thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you mentioned that I have a Rodecaster Pro, and uh, it's one of the features, Mind Read. I have that, I have that one cranked all it's the way to the top. It's, it's one of the channels. It's a Bluetooth. A yeah, I'm in Bluetooth right now. Bluetooth, so. Mind Read, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so it's, it's crazy because, you know, in this day and age, <clears throat> you know, what I would, I would, and I'm saying this for the listeners out there that are listening that, <clears throat> hold on a second. Get it out. No, get it out. I'll do like a. <clears throat> there we go. It's, it's not, it's not better, but it's okay. Hold on. Let me get some whiskey. Yeah, man. Take a sip. It's cool. I mean, mm. we're already an hour and 40 minutes in. What's another Jesus couple Christ. of seconds? What the fuck is happening to us? <laughs> it's all right. Uh, what did I tell you? Wait, before we go any further, did I tell you when we talked pre-show that this one was going to go two hours? Did I tell you that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It will. We had a lot it to will. talk about, so continue, right, please. Right. Yeah, so so I... I uh, uh, You're going to do the podcast along with the book. <clears throat> oh, right, yeah. Fucking Christ. Edit that part out when I fucking completely went mind blank. Because oh, shit. That makes me look professional. Drunk. I'm keeping that in. Professional do unemployed. Do. do whatever you have to do. I, I will I will play the fool for your fucking incredible <laughs> show so that you can gain ratings. Appreciate whatever it. Whatever you do in a podcast. Uh, so, the yeah, the idea <clears throat> with the book is that... <clears throat> God damn it. <clears throat> so, the idea with the book is that it will ultimately not only just be one book... It'll be multiple volumes because, I, like I said, I have hundreds of interviews and I have the audio for for all of it. And um, I did that because I am a fan of Hunter Thompson and Hunter Thompson kept everything. I have a fucking garage full of my writings all the way back to childhood. And some of it's awful. I, I don't know why I can't keep it, but one day maybe it'll be valuable. But my, for here... I have all of my, I keep records of everything I do so that I like can look back and go, yeah, dude, look, I talked to Twist's sister. Fuck you. What'd you do that day? So uh, I have the audio for it. And my idea is that I can do an audio book of this and it will also be multi-volume. So this is only side A. So 30 interviews, right? It's my favorite 30. I've mapped out three books total. So there's, you know, multiple sides. There's all the way. To, and, and, and I only, I'm only going to do side A and side B if I can't get to side D. Because as a record fan, fanatic, you can't go side A, B, and C. There's got to be something on side D. You can't just leave that. So it's either going to be a two or a four book series. And I have the audio for it. So. Uh, but I will say side B, as I've mapped it out. So like side A, here's some of the interviews that are in this book. I mean, it starts with Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, and the founder of Metal Blade Records, the bass player of Metallica, fucking Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. And it wraps up like with Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, fucking Les Claypool, Maynard, Maynard James Keenan from Tool, Corey Taylor of Slipknot, fucking Zach Wilde. Like these are crazy interviews. And the second book is even heavier. So it's like all of these fucking like cannibal corpse and fucking deicide and like these really Meshuga and hate breed and fucking, you know, real heavy shit. 
the whole Boston, you know, metalcore fucking thing. So each book is going to be 30 interviews with some essays about the band. And I'm just going to have fun with it because I fucking love heavy metal, man. And this is, this is, this is fun for me. Like thinking about the day I talked to Tony Iommi and that's how I start the book. Like, do you know what it's like in your head thinking like knowing you're driving to work and going to talk to Tony Iommi at 9 a.m. in the KPNW studio. Like, <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, like, like, I do know. Like I do know that feeling. Not Tony Iommi, insane. but other people. Yeah. So, you know, like, this, 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 this collection is just interviews from my heavy metal years from a dude who grew up in South Central, you know, Flo- South Central, Central Florida, and didn't fucking think any of this would ever happen. And I talked to all of my favorite bands that I grew up listening to. It's insane. Which is very cool because, you know, those of you that have dreams, which is most people, um, you know, this is basically the uh, the chronologic, uh, you know, I guess, capturing of your dreams. Like, you kind of got to talk to all those people. You even got to share the stage with some of them. I mean, I know we have guns oh, open for Hell Yeah, and, and like, you guys had some, some crazy shows, Head too. P. And yeah, yeah, I mean, a Dream Theater, right? Was there a Dream Theater in there? No, I wish. No, no we went to a Dream Theater show on a... On a that's Theater what it was. Iron Maiden. Dude, that was a party. Yeah, night. and the goddamn guy threw up on the bus, and the strippers were annoying me, and I shut them all down at the end. You remember that? I told him I'll shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. We got home at the sunrise. Goddamn strippers on the goddamn Iron Maiden bus. Anyway, before... We have so many stories like that. (sighs) We do. Do you realize the Motley Crue bus? Were you on that one? (laughs) No. No, not the Motley Crue bus. I didn't get to go on that one. one. We didn't even leave the parking lot, and these strippers fucking lit their fucking chests on fire. And, like, Drew was like... No doing that, basically, <laughs> or something like that. You know, it's just like it was like, whoa, dude, strippers just lit themselves on fire. We haven't left the parking lot, dude. Here's the deal, Motley Crew. Let me tell you something right now. If you are over the age of thirty, do not ever get on a bus with a stripper. And I'm talking about an active stripper or a former <laughs> stripper, because a former stripper. <laughs> will blow the goddamn windows out because she will come in and she will try to compete with those younger girls and she will throw scissor kicks and all sorts of shit. I saw a sex toy fly out the window once. Uh, I don't even, we, we don't have time to talk about all of it. And so hopefully this is a little bit of a teaser. Yes, uh, you you are vaccinated. Um, I'm trying to get, I got to be the last dude in line, like not I like employed. Went from strippers to vaccination. Well, when you think that about strippers, impressive. you probably want to get vaccinated for a few things. I mean, uh, it's not. Cruel. Well, it, hey, <laughs> I support them. Look, but I'll tell you one thing about a stri- I think I talked about this with Tanner. The day that I broke up with a long-term girlfriend, we went down for like the three o'clock shift at a strip club here in Eugene. Very popular one named after a piece of a uh, piece of currency a shekel, if you will. Um, and I, I, dude, so here's the deal. I, no I had, what it would be. I had a, uh, I had a card open and I wanted a lap dance. And so she said, uh, well, I asked her, I said, can I put it on my, put it on my tab, put it on my tab. And she said, yeah, go ahead, put it on your tab. So I put it on my tab and then I found 20 bucks in my wallet because I'm at a strip club. Of course I had cash. And I went up to her right after the lap dance was done. I said, Hey, don't put that on my tab. Here's the 20 bucks. I would rather keep that money on my card and, and keep drinking. 
Well, she put it on both, dude, and she charged me $40 for a lap dance I wouldn't have paid fucking 15 for. And I was really upset about it, and I started making all sorts of noise and then got packed out of there uh, with Tanner, by the way, by a couple of really big dudes. Tanner didn't get packed out. He actually, Tanner helped the big dudes pack me out, which <laughs> we started drinking Red Bull vodka at like 3 o'clock that day. So I don't need to talk I, about I, any of the rest of these stories. I totally <laughs> forgot how much of a problem child you were. I wasn't you, a problem child. What are you talking about? so many problems. What are you talking about? Yeah, okay, that's what I'm see, and that's why we need all four of you guys sitting here because you'll all perpetuate. There. I, mean, I that, wish but. I was there. You're telling the story. I'm like, where the fuck was I? Why wouldn't you call me? That's the thing is, you're fucking having a great night. When I Sounds like when I create a problem, it's always like a very specific time. Like everybody remembers when I create a problem because I don't create a problem all the time. It's like when I create a problem, it's a really big problem, and sometimes people have to get packed away, and other times people have to, you know, make statements and the like. So I just try to not be that and now i'm that i'm 36 like dude i can't be a problem anymore if somebody hits me i might die oh if someone hits <laughs> me i'm dead it's exactly. over. Like, when i was younger i could take a punch but now it's it, i'm like glass it's glass beard it just yeah glass I'm jaw gone. which was also glass a jaw, band glass beard it's all there <laughs> it's over well look as as we approach two hours i want to wrap this up with one thing that we also talked about in the pre-roll because uh I'm going to do it. I already I, I recorded my first one today. It'll actually air on the uh, 30th of March if you're listening to this right now. And uh, it's basically, it's radio, dude. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do a little bit of a radio show, not because anybody wanted me to, but because you can on Spotify. And if so you have, curious, by the way, if well, dude, it, you're, you're 10 minutes away from doing the same thing. But if you have Spotify... <laughs> Uh, but more importantly, if you have Spotify Premium, which is which is very cheap, it's like four or five bucks a month, um, yeah. you will get some uh, Man Room Radio where I will be doing a radio show talking about different bands. The first one is going to be kind of a punk ska thing where I play a bunch of late 90s, early 2000s punk and ska, um, and I I'm really excited about it. I'm going to jump into all sorts of different uh, uh, genres. I'm going to jump into... Uh, artist spotlights and play only stuff from from uh, particular artists. So it's it's on Spotify. You're going to be able to get it there because that's the only way that I could afford the licensing for this music is to have somebody else pay for it. So that's how you're going to get it. And I know that you're excited, Carl, about being able to do something like this because, oh, dude. Um, I, like you said, your, your roots are in metal and you know metal better than a lot of people that I know. And I know a lot of metalheads, so... Well, here's the thing. Like what you were talking about earlier and what you just were talking about was the fact that you could do a podcast on Spotify with music, which has is changing the game because that's a ton of people want to do a podcast, but they don't want to do, you know, a talk podcast. They want to do a music one. So I'm getting into this because not only am I into the metal scene, but like, dude, I, I want to do a Frank Zappa show. I want to do like a jazz show. I want to do like some crazy shit that's like you don't even know what's coming like. I'm going to blow your fucking head off. Like I I come from like freeform radio. Like when when I first started radio, the whole reason I was into radio. And this is this is really like old school like but you know, this is this is what I wanted to do. I just wanted to play crazy shit. I worked at a record shop and had music access to everything. Like I had all the formats. I had every kind of music classical hip-hop jazz world fucking 
metal, fucking rock, everything. The to get a job world. at the radio station you had a job at in college, you had to list 100 bands that, quote, people didn't know about, right? Yeah, so I had two different jobs that did that. The When I first started a record shop, they said, list 100. Like, the guy asked me when I was in my interviews, like, name 100 bands. And I got to, like, 27. I thought I was a badass. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I and I and I just gassed out and he was like, You got you got a lot to learn. He hired me, but I figured it out, right? So I go to college radio and and the same thing, like list a hundred bands. But at that point I had been seasoned by working at a record shop and I was like, yep. You fucking clowns, you fuck you, fuck you. I know every one. I can put three hundred, <laughs> you fucking asshole. You wanna go fucking rounds? I can do f- all night. I can name bands. You can kiss my ass. Here you go. And so, and that I one was written you know, too for the college radio station. It was just a list, and you just had to write it out. And that's the same thing that I did for that same station. Yeah, as I just kept listing bands, and they didn't hire me. They thought I was a prick. I don't know. I see. I became the music director. I know <laughs> I that's what that blows me away. Is that you and I? Is like you, you and I are. Hey, we have a lot of similar paths through that same university. And that one is like I, I was freshman year. I was out there trying to get that gig. And they totally just were like, fuck you, no. I think it was I, the punk rock. I thing. had one I had one upper hand. I worked at a news station on 9-11. Yeah. So, well, and see, for like, me, I, I... always I, bragged about that, even though it was a horrible day. It's I, great on the resume. I only played... Uh, I, I went in for a volunteer uh, show every Sunday on a uh, country radio station in Enterprise, Oregon. So this was not quite as widely <laughs> consumed... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, so when I was there, though, like I, uh, I, I, I learned a bunch of shit. I don't know what the fuck were we talking about. We were talking about music and knowledge. And, yeah, and, just basically that uh, you were going to get into your own radio show now that Spotify is offering that option. Oh yeah, yeah. So my point was is I was way into music. I was I, I liked all kinds of weird shit, and um, ultimately, like, I've always been like an explorer in the music front, like. I don't care what format. Like I listen to everything. I, do, I I'm not that you know like country. Yeah, I will listen to real country shit like Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. But you you put the fucking Walmart country on. I'm like okay, stop. But the rest of the world, the rest of everything else, I'm like, tell me more. Show me what you're doing. Thievery Corporation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is crazy. So. I'm always listening for shit, and uh, the fact that Spotify is now letting fucking people do this, I'm in. Uh, because, uh, fuck, man, I could do crazy shows, and I would do it every fucking day, man. This might be a bad problem for me, actually. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I, I wish you didn't tell me th- No, th- you, could you do wish this. that I did, because this is all part of it, dude. You were, you know, and, and we didn't I'm even... trying to get you to suck... Suck back in. You're in the family now. You're fucking. You can't leave. And we didn't talk about this, but I know that you've you've made some some real strides in getting through some things that have been very hard for you. And I'm not going to bring up the whole laundry list, but you are in a better place now than you've been in a very long time, which is very yeah. good news for everybody that is a fan of yours. And I know that a lot of the people listening to this are going to be listening to it because they are a fan of yours. And so from me and everybody else that is a fan of yours without having to dive deep into it. I'm glad that you feel that way, and that's the only reason that I would tell you something like I told you is because, for me, 
this has been incredibly therapeutic. 2020 was a fuck wad. And it, you know, look, nobody went through it the same way that somebody else did. Not even my wife and I. Two of the most, you know, on-track people that, that I could show you. Uh, you know, her and I are tuned into one another. We, You know, yeah, we've only been married, you know, going on six, seven years now. But uh, it's one of those things that her and I react the same to every situation, and we weren't reacting the same. And it goes down the line for everybody that's dealt with shit. And I'm not trying to get over-philosophical, and I know that I'm getting too deep because I've had too many beers. But I will tell you from personal experience that doing this thing that we all used to do for a living uh, that you and I are not doing for a living right now um, has definitely made a difference in my life. And yeah. I, I could not recommend it enough. Um, it might not have made a financial difference yet or anything like that. And hopefully that stuff's on the horizon. You know, I, I don't care. I'll continue doing this as a hobby, just like you said. Um, but it's not hard to click a few buttons and make it so that you can at least, you know, scrape in a few cents when people listen. And that's, that's all that matters is that people listen. Just like the donkey show and just like you know uh all of the shows the midday show and and everything that we did together you know i mean you were talking about stuff we wouldn't be able to play earlier i have some audio of you and i doing a baby bird challenge i don't even really want to get into Ooh. what that is uh but there's no Ooh. fucking way dude that we would have gotten away with that today and it's sad because that shit was funny and let me tell you uh i'm i'm glad we aren't doing that today because marcus um because I wasn't, I'm not on a payroll. I'm never doing that with you again. Because yeah. Because it was disgusting. No, that was terrible. It was the <laughs> fucking worst. That was the second worst day of my life. The first worst day was when I actually smoked ba- body hair out of a bong. Um, oh, I remember that. That was good times. You know what I remember about that? Do you want to know what the what the very most vivid part of my memory is? I need to know now, yeah. So you remember that uh, Joe the Felon brought in a brand new bong that day. Right. Because we couldn't have a bong in the radio studio that had any actual resin in it from marijuana because it wasn't legal in the state of Oregon at that point in time. Yeah. So Joe brought in a brand new bong that was clear and you could see through it. And it got it got filled with body hair. Uh the bowl did, and I lit it and I inhaled smoke all the way up to the top of the chamber when that smoke hit my lungs. It immediately robbed me of all oxygen, and I immediately gagged, and I, I, for some stupid reason, not for some stupid reason, I was conditioned to plug the bong if you cough, so I, I plugged the top of it, and I coughed, and then this very familiar voice, almost like the voice that I've had on this podcast tonight, while everybody else cleared the fucking room, and even the host of the show ran away from the microphones, out of nowhere, I hear Carl scream, clear it. You got to clear it. It's mandatory that you clear it as if there was some sort of discussion. <laughs> and and back then, I was a very, very low totem pole employee at the radio station. I was very I totally remember that. I was a very low totem pole employee at the radio station. And so what did I do? I took my hand off the top of that bong and I inhaled the entire chamber's worth of body hair smoke. I remember that. I had to tell I my do. dad that that was not, that that was all done with fucking sound effects. 
And he's going to listen to this. He's listened to every you single didn't podcast. You tell him it was real. Well, I mean, I'm 36 now, so I don't care. But at that point in time, like, he might have still been paying for my insurance or something. Wait, have so. you told him that since? No. He's going to find out when he listens to this. Hey, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't take that away from he's him. He's going to hear it, and he's going to know now. No, oh, but I shouldn't great. take that away from him. I would guess, based on the way that most things have gone in my life, that he probably knew that years ago. But he's only kept right. up the facade just to make me feel good. Because, I mean, yeah. dude, like, I used to think I could lie. I can't lie. I, 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 I punched a fucking door and broke my hand one time my senior year. And, uh, haven't we all? I, yeah, exactly. And I tried to tell him that somebody slammed uh, my hand in the door of their car. But because he was the insurance agent, he, he went and tried to file a claim on that person's insurance. And the dad was like, wait. Is that what really happened? And the kid was like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was totally exposed. So he knows. But, uh, but right. yeah, dude, I smoked body hair. I mean, I did. It was a bet. <laughs> I, I don't welch on bets. But here's the deal. Now that I'm 36, I only bet cold, hard cash. Fuck you if you want to bet anything physical or anything like that. I don't want to bet you. What were we talking about? I don't even remember. I don't know. At this point. That's why we need to go. Carl, thank you so much, dude. The Man Room Podcast, this is your first experience with it. What do you think, dude? It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Not you. You're incredible. I, I fucked it up. I, I've taken it down a notch. So your guests are going to have a great time afterwards because <laughs> it's going to be much easier for them to be a better upper, upper echelon type of guest because I have really dragged us through the shitter and ruined this uh, exercise in your freedom of speech. And we didn't even get into stuff. There were th There's things I haven't even talked about that I was like, I thought we were going to talk about. But I guess it's too, money, too long. It's 930. It's deep in the night. I'm not going to get into it. And I've been drinking whiskey. <laughs> and just like my girlfriend, fiance, that's going to marry me in September, told me, she said, don't get fucking drunk. And I'm drunk. Eh, it's okay. She knows dude. what I do. It's okay. It's okay. All right. I, I appreciate you. you being here. Check out all of the things that Carl plugged earlier in the links. We're not going to go through it again. I love Last you guys all. Banger, you fuckers. Thank you so much, Carl. We really appreciate having you, dude. We'll see you again very soon. I love you. Thanks for listening. And. Transmission. Transmission. <laughs>